Conclave presents Voices in the Warp. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Voices in the Warp. We've been away for a while um, owing to a combination of just being away doing things, being busy at work and it sort of being that time of the year when the sun starts to come out so everybody has alternate things to do rather than climbing into our little goblin bunker and recording about Warhammer. But don't worry, we'll keep it going. And thus, we bring you today's episode. And I should also say, it's annoying because I was going to record this this one uh, the other week. We will say, cha-cha-cha, it's not Eurovision, but we all know who the true winner was. But moving swiftly on, swiftly on, no no, no shade on Lorene there. <laughs> moving swiftly on to Matters Warhammer. I am joined today just by one member of the crew, um, again, because people are people are uh, otherwise occupied. Uh, Mr. Warhipster is, for example, on exile on uh, on on the Isle of Wight, or as we know it, uh, Azkaban, um, somewhere doing doing things with his family, which I'm sure is fun. But uh, yeah, we are recording today, so I am joined by Mr. Richard Gorkin. Mr. Richard Gorkin, hello. How are you? Hello, and welcome to our Goblin Bunker, as, as it apparently is. I don't know. I assume goblins would be in a bunker in the 40k universe because they're normally sure, mines in fantasy, right? Goblins hang about in mines and caves and such. Yeah, yeah. Like a bunker is a, a sci-fi evolution of that. <laughs> Wait, is Do goblins exist in 40k universe or is it just grots? Well, they're just grots, aren't they? That's like they are the goblins. Yeah, I mean, they're basically goblins. Yeah, they are basically goblins. Um slash a food source for the orcs um <laughs> but yeah no how you doing man what have you what have you been up to recently at start as we as we traditionally do what have you been doing recently hobby wise if anything at all again because i know we've all been very busy yeah mostly at the moment um just sort of touching up some tyranids paint jobs and such just getting I ready for why. new edition <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean the tyranids look really really exciting and really interesting and yeah, no, i was already playing them before the most recent army that I was playing, so I was like, "Well, they look good for the new edition. That's probably going to be my army when it, mm. when it launches." Yeah, definitely. No, they they do look exciting. We will be talking about the Tyranids and the other sort of previews they've done throughout the episode today. So uh, we'll get some some hot take thoughts on on how those previews look and sort of where we think they're going. Um, but yeah, so just really touching up the Tyranids. Anything else on the on the roster yeah. at the moment? I'm doing a couple of things, just sort of building up some models, um, trying not to buy new any more <laughs> models until 10th edition. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying not to start a new army, but it's it's hard when they release all these new new rules. And honestly, the, the combat patrol is probably like the most enticing thing because mm. you can just pick mm. up a box and then that's your entire army. Yeah, you just paint it and then you're ready to go, right, with the combat patrol rules. That is pretty cool. Yeah. But what about it's yourself? Cool. What have you been working on? So I, well, so I did a fair bit on my World Eaters before we went to Warhammer Fest, which was over the bank holiday weekend at the beginning of the month. So when I say we, it was myself, Mr. Warhipster, the lovely Alice um, uh, on uh, as his, 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 his better half, I would say, um, and the, the man machine that is um, Mr. Reza Prime, Richard Smith. Um, and uh, so I painted up my World Eaters for the doubles tournament. I say painted up, I was kind of working on them already, so it was just a case of working out a thousand well, points. at least really. you didn't have to borrow any models or anything, you painted them all up uh, yourself. No, well, oh yeah, no, no, I was going to say, so this is this is the thing, right, so I had a, um, we, we, I had a bunch of jackals, and actually, funny enough, I, I finished them this week, or I haven't based them yet, but they are 
they are painted uh, at least to a standard I'm happy with. They should probably be highlighted, but I'll do all that at some point. Um, I'd rather get the Berserkers done next. But yeah, I didn't get a chance to finish the Jackals before we went. So Mr. Wipes very kindly uh, lent me his set of of, of angry. Uh, so you did have to borrow some models. I did have to borrow. I didn't not want, as, I didn't as want, many as I, I heard other people had to borrow, but. <laughs> no, no, no. It was literally just the one unit. It was because it was either it was a case of either I do a really rush job on them and they'll just look terrible, or I get the um, eight bound up to like a slightly nicer standard with proper highlighting. And you know they look nice um, next to Angron and next to Lord Invocatus, who were already done. Get all that done, and then you know, sort of, then I can just borrow um, Josh's ones for the for the for use in in games. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've since got the. The jackals now, as I say, they're not quite done, but I've got them. You can use them. They just need to be based. They could be used on the tabletop. Um, so, yeah, that's been mostly it. And then the only other little bit of hobby I've done really since Fest, because I've just been horribly busy at work. Um, it makes day go day go fast, but, you know, keep, keeps, keeps me away from the hobby desk a little bit. It's just painting these berserkers a little bit more and just trying to get some more get some more colours on them and get them up to uh, up to being able to be tabletop ready. Um, because I'm I'm actually in the process. The, the, the main hobby thing, and it is it's tangential, but it is hobby. The main hobby thing I'm concerned about at the moment is I'm moving house. So I'm like having to work out how to pack all of my stuff so I, I've ended up doing yeah, the, it's, um, yeah. Other people worry about moving furniture and beds and all this sort of stuff. No, no, no. It's all about yeah, moving the models. It's all about the important thing. It's all about the important things. Well, the, the, the thing is, right, the, so we've, 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 we're not moving. We're moving in a couple of weeks, but the um, everything else, all the like, you know, the kitchen stuff and the furniture, that's all kind of sorted in the sense that we have movers that will come in and do the furniture and stuff that we're not using, like these sort of random junk around the house, like, I mean, it's not junk, but like books, right? That we're not reading that are just on a bookshelf. We pack those already. So the, the place is a disaster because it's full of boxes. Um, but we have got it, you know, those are pretty much done. I haven't, the 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 room that has all my Warhammer, the room I'm sitting in now was like, that is the last room where really nothing has happened as yet. So I've started making as of today, actually, because it's all arrived now. Um, I don't know if you, you've ever seen the video, um, and I'm sure others have done it, but like Duncan Rhodes does a good one on this about how to make your own um, like storage case using um, a really useful box. Yeah, a, yeah. A couple of people sheet. have done that where you sort of magnets at the bottom or a metal sheet at the bottom and then you use magnets to yeah. attach your models and so they don't move around. Exactly, yeah. So that that's what I've done. I've got a load of those really useful boxes in various sizes to sort of fit, you know, infantry, then kind of bigger models of banners or medium vehicles and dreadnoughts, and then some big ones for the big boys like Mortarian and people like that that are sitting on my shelf behind me because those are obviously quite hard to move. Um, I'm quite lucky because a lot of my army armies are magnetised anyway because I've just done it at some point, so the actual additional mag magnetising is, is relatively limited. But um, I started packing up my Death Guard today and uh, I realised just how many Plague Marines I have <laughs> like like i've done i've got one i've only done one of the little really useful like eight that you know they're like roughly a4 size boxes right um and i've just got it it's just full of plague marines and terminators and then all, most of the characters that are on 40 mil bases and that's oh, wow. it i've still got to do all the pox walkers all the vehicles everything else the death yeah, shroud yeah. as well because they wouldn't fit um so yeah it's 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 a lot of stuff and it does make you realize how much it is but yeah that's my big hobby project at the moment is packing stuff up to be ready to move yeah, yeah. I mean, a part of me one day wants to just sort of like get everything I own and just sort of put it out on one table. I feel like yours might be a couple of tables. 
<laughs> Potentially, yeah. I mean, the the good thing about these the this kind of box plan as well, in terms of you know keeping them safe because they're magnetized, they're not going to fly around. It's just also storage long term. You know, I can stack those boxes up if I need to transport. And it's also really anywhere. easy to see what's in the box. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, make it my, mine's all sort of in <laughs> more cupboards opaque boxes and, and yeah, in yeah. cupboards and the top of the wardrobe and whatnot. And every now and then I have to go trawling through. It's like, where did I leave this model? Where is <laughs> yeah. this? I'm sure it's in here somewhere. Oh, this is all the chaos stuff in this box. But maybe it's in this box instead. And I have to go digging through. Yeah. I think I think we all have we all have that, you know, syndrome of like, oh, this is the you know, you open it up, you're like, Oh right, so this is the chaos cupboard. Okay, where did I put that uh, that sorcerer? I know he's in here somewhere. It's like it's like when you're a kid and you want to find that one Lego piece. You know, when you're trying to build something, there's like that like yeah, one yeah. connector you, you can never find. You it. end up having to <laughs> spill your, your your like Lego box all over the floor to like sift out where you need yeah, it. At yeah. least I I used to. Um, so yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. As I say, I'll have a good audit, an idea of what I've got, and I'm sure I'll find some things that I've completely forgotten about. <laughs> um, it's like, oh wait a minute, I didn't realize I had this army. Yeah, there's some. I don't know, maybe maybe not a whole army, but there's definitely like going to be some units somewhere where I'll just be like, wait, I had these. They would have been handy. <laughs> what an idiot! And um, then you look at the the new box of them that you've just bought and assembled. Yeah, like, oh, I guess I've got well, two well, units of them now. Yeah, now now I've got now I've got twenty of this thing that I don't need. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, I it's 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 going to be going to be interesting. I did also I do also really want to work, and he's sitting on my desk in front of me. I've got Dante primed and built and ready to go but i've said to myself no finish like to the extent i can before i move like finish as many of the world eaters as possible before i go back to my space marines and start adding in you know various bits all the all the nids indeed because i too am excited for the when whenever the new one lands well new models from the from the leviathan box but then also with the codex and they they've already said that you know there's going to be a big range refresh of mm. tyranids i'm sort of i'm paying up the bits that i think are safe but at the <laughs> same time i'm like i hope this doesn't get replaced because i'm probably going to want to replace it with the new models because they'll look pretty nice yeah, yeah and they and I, w- I will say the new the new kit having you know been lucky enough to see it in person at warhammer fest the new kit is is real nice like the the new uh termagant models you know, yeah, yeah. which is which is like I know everyone everyone's very focused, myself included, on like the what's he called the Nero Tyrant, the big kind of um, he looks. Kind to me, of, he looks I think like the Scream of Khan effects is probably like the big one that everyone seems to be excited about. See, yeah, see that the Screamer the Screamer Killer is is awesome because it's a it's a really nice throwback to that original. You know, give me a yeah. hug, like slightly well, also like thing. that's a pretty awkward like pose to try to make look cool and somehow they yeah, did it they've done it yeah they've done it with, with him like sort of like mid i guess mid slash because he's kind of got one claw yeah and, and like, it actually kind of worked on the trailer but it's like these kind of like wide grabby arms that you're sort of yeah. just wandering around constantly just wanting a hug yeah exactly and it's also it's like a weird like that sculpt from back in the day you're right it's definitely a weird one to try and pose dynamically because he's kind of like you know he's got no chin his head's just kind of like connected into his shoulders right he looks a bit weird whereas <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the more recent con effects is they they clearly went for more like the i don't know i don't know how you would describe it right and people can you know shout in the comments or whatever but to me they're almost like a they're almost like a t-rex pose you know you've got like this big yeah body a bit more sort of hunched over, over. Much yeah, larger arms than T-Rex, thankfully. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think <laughs> siding talons on little T-Rex hands would be... They'd be very funny, but they wouldn't be very helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can take the, one, you can take the think, ones off the Zoanthrope 
you know, the little tiny ones on the Zoanthrope, and yeah, just yeah. stick four of them on a card effects and go, there you well, go. Funnily, funnily enough, like, they, they have mentioned, I think, in, when they were talking in the design videos, that, like, if you look on, like, the tier one models, basically every tier one model has, like, six limbs, mm. but, like, some of them are really, really tiny sort of card effect T-Rex uh, um, arms that are just sort of sitting yeah. there. So, like, if you look at the Zoanthropes, Eurothropes, it's, like, little tiny things that are just sitting there while they fight with other parts of their body, like, big tentacles or brains. Yeah. I guess they are they are hexapods rather than arachnids, aren't they? The 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 tyranids. Guess so. um, I think that's the right term. Hexapod for six legs. I think so. I don't know. Probably. I, I yes. think Why most not? insects have six legs, and then if you have eight, then you're more sort of arachnids. But yeah, yeah. So they are they are definitely still bugs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they do look. As I say the, the the all of them and the ty- like the the termagants as I like to pick on them because they're not new. Right, that that's where to me it's more interesting, yeah. right? Because the new, new sculpts are always awesome, but seeing yeah, the termagants, seeing the, the improvement on something that already exists, and and the regular termagants actually, or termagants, I should say, regular termagants, not termagants. Always remember a gant gaunt. Yeah, gant gaunt. Um, don't know why there's a distinction. Don't know but why that exists, but yeah, it does. Um, or magants, regular... termagants, termagants. Yeah, the regular termagants. I. The mold lines on them because they are an old, you know, an old casting, right? Yeah, yep. can be a bit of an issue, but they they look perfectly fine. They're not oh, like yeah. the Horma gods where they have a tendency to fall over because they're claws. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna say things. like, please, please, GW, if you're up doing <laughs> updating the Horma <laughs> range, yeah. like they're, they're one of my favorite models, like sculpts in 40k. Just mm. just make them so they don't fall over. Yeah, yeah, it would be would be nice. I hope they do that. I hope they do yeah. that with the new with the. With I thought, the otherwise, I'll put be putting fresh. weights on the bottom of my bases again and making sure yeah. that they're all weighted down. Well, there you go. I mean, that that's a good case for the use of the magnet, right? Is that you can just yeah. use the magnet as the weight to kind of keep them so they don't they don't, they don't go flying into the ground. Yep. into the ground. and then then you can also put them on any movement trays if you need to move mm. twenty at all time. Yeah, definitely yes, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, they as I say they they I think they've done a great job. I think the Space Marines in the box look really cool as well. Yeah, seeing them. very I mean, much so. Somewhat less, somewhat less exciting in some ways than the the Tyranids because you know Space Marines, Space Marines. But I will say, I think it's because the Space Marines captain, mm, lovely. Yeah, the yeah goes without saying. All the new Space Marine stuff looks fantastic, but Tyranids haven't got new models in in a little bit little bit of a while. Yeah, so yeah. People tend to be a little bit more excited for that um, rather than sort of updating classic sculpts from from Marines. Oh, even though they do yeah. look fantastic. And I, I like the fact that they went with the, um, for this Ballistus Dreadnought, they've gone back to the, like, the OG Boxnought. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a nice mirror to the to the, the, the Screamer Killer, right? As a, as a sort of yeah, good reference point. point. Um, as, and although <laughs> I did see, I know some people have had this criticism that the legs on it look a bit too long. And it does take a bit of getting used to, I think, when you see it in person. I, but I like I think it. He, I, it I once you find it out, then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess maybe it does look a little odd. But you, it's, for me, it, it didn't strike me as odd when I first no, saw it. No, no. I, 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 you know, it's one of those classic people like to moan, right? I did see a very, yeah. I saw a funny, uh, you know, meme thing on the internet, which was by somebody who was a, a significantly more disgruntled, perhaps, than either of us about the dreadnought i don't know why you would get annoyed about that but some people are um and it was the old boxy dreadnought kicking the ballistas into the well in the scene from you know uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you know this yeah. is sparta somebody had immediately commented and pointed out that like now nah, mate that boxy dread ain't kicking anything he lifts that leg <laughs> like, yeah it should be kind back. of the way around where it's like i'm yeah. the new dreadnought i'm kicking you into the well 
yeah exactly exactly um but yeah no overall i thought really good um and again very lucky to be able to see them in person although you know mm. i'm sure whenever, did you get whenever, to play the game at all i know there was very very long queues no so that was that was the only the only thing we didn't do that um and that was yeah. solely because the queues were so long um, I, I heard and... like three to four hours in the queue yeah they uh, if you went near the end of the day um the yeah. this was probably like at the height of like the busyness on saturday oh, and the other days well, were quieter. Sa- saturday morning was like we, uh, we look we I'll, I'll say it now we won't talk too much about fest because otherwise it's just going to be me recounting it um but we can we can do it yeah when, we'll, we'll get some of the other guys on us. and then we yeah, get yeah, yeah. some more ideas but, and more sort of exp- experiences and thoughts yeah but it was it was yeah it was it was very busy the pe- the criticism about queues i think was has been you know is warranted i've given some feedback on that i know they sent out feedback forms um and 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 maybe it could have been a bit better like laid out internally because i think that exacerbated it because basically you had golden demon you yeah. had the um you had the 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 40k 10th edition sort of play test do a battle round effectively that's what it was it was play play a single battle round uh and the um the shop were all in the same part of the hall which meant that these vast queues just kind of blended into one another and just made the whole thing a bit like i think especially if people have um i mean claustrophobia is not the right word and forgive me i don't don't know probably what i can't remember what the right word is i was gonna say agoraphobia but that's open spaces but like people i guess if you're just uncomfortable around large you know large groups yeah, of people, yeah. obviously maybe a maybe a con is not the best place to be because you're going to get that anyway but it was definitely I mean, there are different levels of it by, though. Yeah. yeah it was definitely exacerbated by that but you know look it, it's the first one they've done in a couple of years um exactly. and and it's the first one at that scale so and at that venue I, as well Exactly, and I, you know, I've I've been to other events to that venue, um, and I don't know what the sort of like rules that the venue sets out and where you can have stuff because obviously they have their own rules on like you know fire exits and and where sort of queuing has to be. Um, so I don't know any of that, and none of us do apart from the people yeah. who planned it. But I will say overall, again, to, to kind of finish on Warhammer Fest because I don't want to talk about it too much. I will say massive shout out to the guys who were running those um those experience tables i know nick Baton yep. from the community team was doing it and a couple of the other guys who do battle reports on warhammer plus and stuff like that um and also just generally to the the gw staff and the event staff from the venue because they actually did a really good job um of trying yeah. to kind of you know like we spoke to oh and I'll, I'll give a specific shout i've already done on instagram uh helen from the community team um she was brilliant she helped us get in on the first day and find where we needed to go because obviously with you know with with josh with warhipster we had a slightly different pass um to go into a different bit and uh or fire a different door um and we saw her a couple of times throughout the weekend and i jokingly the first time we met her i said why don't we you know she said she was counting her steps and i said oh do you know what look i'll count my steps on my phone as well does it automatically for me and if i see you in the week see you over the weekend let's compare see who we get to all i'll say <laughs> is she smashed smashed us completely like we oh, did yeah. a lot of walking around and she was on like twenty seven thousand steps a day minimum like it was just nuts yeah, yeah. like just circulating <laughs> around doing all this stuff so yeah big oh, no, shout I, out to them i've, I've worked at that. large large events as well before and there is a lot of walking running around uh, and yeah so shout, shout out to all the staff yeah, Sounds like you yeah. did a fantastic job. It unanimous from all the coverage I've heard is that the staff were great. 
So yeah, the staff are great, and, and 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 all the all the you know that includes all the all the um, guys who are working on all the concession stands, like selling food and drink and stuff. Because you know, again, that can get very chaotic. And actually, I thought they did a brilliant job um, of just making sure everybody was able to get stuff in a, in a really good venue in the middle of a really good city. And no, I love Manchester, so uh, but I was a big fan of uh, of going yeah, back yeah. there. Um, but yeah, and and to finish, all I'll say is I'll finish on a boast. We won the <laughs> quiz. And we got second and you third did. in the doubles tournament on the Monday. So we had a pretty damn good Warhammer Fest. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> Those are some fantastic results. And I'm sure we'll dive yeah, deep into, yeah, yeah. into them next yes, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them next time. But I think to move on then to 10th edition, more generally, mm. what we have had and where I think you and I, as it is just the two of us and we are quite sort of rulesy people, I guess, yep, yep. Um, amongst other things. <laughs> um, it, it, they, we've seen a lot. They've been doing the um, previews of the various armies on Warhammer Community. So, Rich and I thought it might be quite nice to just run through some of those at a very high level and give you our thoughts. Because um, obviously, I think people have had different reactions to what's what they've previewed. Um, yeah, it it's it's, it's been it's kind of been strange, sort of monitoring the reactions because. Mm. There's very few people in the middle. If when a thing comes <laughs> out, yeah. it's people going, this is the most terrible thing ever, and other people going, this is the most broken OP thing ever, and there's like some... The thing is, like, those Often are the vocal the minorities, time, right? The same army, right? Yeah, those <laughs> are the vocal minorities. Most people are like, oh, look, that's pretty cool. But yeah. it's the people on the, on the end of the spectrum that complain, but it's, it's funny to me that almost for everyone there is both ends of the spectrum, like a... a like a preview will come out and some people who play that faction will be like this is amazing and some other people who also play that faction are like this is terrible and i'm like okay mm. it's probably somewhere in the middle like most things are but it's it's yeah, funny that yeah. you've got both ends of the spectrum uh, and i mean we'll, we'll look at it in more detail when we go through the rules but like i saw this with the votan in particular because the mm. votan obviously you've seen i've seen quite I mean, they've every seen quite drastic changes. So quite drastic changes from what they are now, which let's be honest, is a bit busted. Still, yeah. they're very expensive. So <laughs> the army's kind of the army's limited by being quite expensive. But like the rules they have are just my rules beat your rules, right? That that's just how they yeah, are. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, they had a lot of rules that just turn off other rules. And what exactly, I've, exactly. Actually, yeah. one like one sort of trend that I've seen throughout all these previews is. Most of the time where they've got rules that turn off other rules or rules that beat other rules or whatever, they've gotten rid of most of those, even to mm. the sake of, like, I haven't seen any minus one damage. So anything yes. that reduces the damage of a weapon, you don't. I've not seen any, like, ignores invulnerable saves, not seen any, like, ignores this, ignores that, turns off free rolls. It's all just you have what's on your data, Every, your data sheet. Everything interacts with everything, right? Yeah, well, it's also for new players getting to the game. You look at your data sheet, you go, oh, cool, this is what my unit does. And now it seems their new design philosophy is there isn't something esoteric over here that turns it off and suddenly you feel bad about your your unit doing this, not being able to do its cool thing. Mm. Mm, yeah, completely, completely. I think I think it's 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 a better way of doing it, and and yeah, as I say, I'll t we'll talk about it a bit more when we get to their yeah. their preview. But like the Votan thing was very funny to me because there was a lot of like, oh my god, the sky has <laughs> fallen, we're done, we're rubbish, and then and yeah. then as a couple of the other previews came out, I actually saw people going like, again, like Reddit's a great place to see this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no shade to anyone who's on there, but you always get the kind of slightly extreme reactions. And I saw a couple of people like make posts a couple of days after when some other previews come out, where they were like, you know what? I 
actually in context, yeah, you know, we 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 look okay. Obviously, it's all going to depend on points, but yeah, it yeah, seems and fine. that's and this, that's the you know, that's the thing. I think, especially at the beginning of these previews, a lot of people were going looking at the new rules and comparing them them to what they already know oh, in don't, ninth. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Like, you can't, as a rule, you can't compare what you're seeing in the previews to ninth because ninth yeah. is a completely different game because they're rewriting the core rules of the game. They're also rewriting every single data sheet in the game, so the entire game is being rebalanced. So it's all about what does my army do in this new, completely different meta where there's reduced lethality, where there's different rules all this sort of stuff. So you can't go, oh, if I, this is, you know, really bad because it's yeah, worse I've, than we currently have it. And it's like, I've done math. Yeah. Like, this won't kill such and such. It's like, yeah, but the yeah, such and such the... will have changed as well. You exactly. <laughs> Got all yeah, these toughnesses yeah. going up. It's, it's going to be a completely different game. Like there's but that, that's, small that's tweaks can make a big difference. And yeah, if also if like, people going through and like oh this faction's shit this faction shit this faction shit but if you if everything's bad then everything's also good because everything's gone bad together that's 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 (laughs) the nihilist attitude to life which i live by everything is terrible and therefore everything is great yeah it's all fine um yeah exactly (laughs) no no um but look let's let let's dive in let's dive in and let's start from the top uh and i am doing this by the way, by literally just having Warhammer community, you know, open <laughs> and we can kind of flick through them. So we'll start from yep, the beginning yep. with, and they shall know no fear. They shall well, be my apparently they marines. shall know some fear because it seems that rule is gone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's now just a catchphrase, um, yeah. <laughs> which I quite like. So this was Space Marines, obviously, and they showed off for um, the... Um, the Space Marines, the, uh, the 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 Gladius Task Force detachment rule, because we've already had the Army rule. So one thing to, to think yeah. about if you don't, if you haven't looked too much at this, for anyone who's listening that hasn't sort of been slightly obsessively going through these as we have, because we're you know into that sort of thing and we're weird. Um, the 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 difference now is that you have like an Army rule, which is unique to let's say Space Marines. And then within that, you will have detachments. And those detachments are sort of ru- additional rules. But at least in theory, I don't think we've actually seen this yet. And I don't think we've seen any detail on this. In theory, at least, one would assume they come with some sort of set of restrictions as to what you can take, right? And they yeah. sort of... Well, I, be- I and the reason I- my, my no, guess... Sorry, go on, go on, yeah, my guess is that on release everyone will get one detachment and in that detachment yeah, there'll be no restrictions exactly. it's just here is attachment for your army and then as the codex has come out i guessing that there'll be say five six ten however many detachments in that for if you want to go like oh i want to go more like tank heavy here's an army that says you can only take you know tanks and these troops or, or whatever yeah and then you get a different set of stratagems a different set of bonuses that relate to or having all those tanks Exactly, exactly. And, and and I should be clear, when I say restrictions, I mean like th- to your what you were saying there, thematic restrictions. And the reason yeah. that I think that is because, you know, we, we haven't yet seen um, and they haven't previewed yet like Blood Angels or Dark Angels, any of this sort of unique yeah. space, but Space Marines are a good example, right? They, they've said that they, those, those sort of specific ones are getting different rules, um, so different do we, detachments. Do we know if the- 
Yeah, so, so this, this is what I'm getting at, right? So we know that there is an army rule which applies to just space marines, right? Which yeah. is called Oath of Moment. It's the one they've already previewed. It's the pick a unit, get re-rolls against it one, um, which obviously everybody immediately went, oh, that's broken! And it's like, okay, <laughs> well, all right, fine. It's, it's, it's um, one, one it's unit. Fine. Yeah, it's like, one unit. <laughs> think about how many units are in the, an average army now. It's maybe 10 to 15. Yeah, you get yeah. to re-roll against five of those. Cool. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then the detachment rules kind of bought onto that. And as you say, I think, you know, what we'll go through in a second, we've seen the Gladius Task Force detachment rule, which is the generic, like, Codex Space Marines. So in theory, that's your your Ultramarine, your Iron Hands, your Raven Guard, like all the guys that are in the main book at the moment. And then I imagine what we will see is a Blood Angels detachment, a Dark Angels, like something like that to then add on yeah. to give that additional flavor. So theoretically, the Army Rule, Oath of Moment will apply to everything and then we'll get individual detachments. May not work that way. They may get unique Army Rules, but yeah. kind of I mean, seems We, we like haven't seen a, a Codex yet, so we don't know how exactly it's going to exactly. work. But this is our exactly. sort of best guess. Yeah, this is our best guess. So the to Gladius Task Force, I say, you're, you're, if you're playing Space Marines, at least in the world we live in at the moment, that's what you're going to get. So that gives you the ability, which is called Combat Doctrines. Everyone goes, yeah, we yeah. know what Combat Doctrines are. Well, that's fine. Interestingly, this one is a little bit more, um, to me, I think I think it's a little bit better. It's a bit more restrictive in terms of what you can do. And, I think, but yeah, it's better in terms flexible. of games design. Yeah, it, it, it's also flexible in terms of where you, you begin. Because at the moment, as we all know, with combat doctrines, well, I say we all know, I'm going to forget where we are on FAQs <laughs> on this, but you start off in Devastator, and they did it initially that you could sort of stay in it forever. Then they changed it to you had to progress through, so you had to go Devastator yeah. into, um, what was it, Tactical, and then into tactical Assault, and assault. every sort of chapter gave you bonuses in different ones, and obviously, therefore, chapters that had Devastator bonuses were in a lot of ways better because they got it from turn one whereas like other people got it from turn two and obviously then f in the chat for blood angels and white scars and space wolves who all did their stuff <laughs> in the assault doctrine who had to wait till turn three um then they they changed it around and said you could stay in one for like two turns or something and then there's they been a lot of changes you could, yeah then they went back to saying you could just do what you wanted and stay in Stay in whatever one you want. So again, like we ended, like we ended eighth. We've had like Iron Hand Big supremacy circle. at the yeah. end of ninth, right? And, and Dark Angels <laughs> as well because they got their bonuses in, in Devastator. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this now says um, at the start of your command phase, you can select one of the combat doctrines listed below. Until the start of your next command phase, that combat doctrine is active and its effects apply to all Adeptus Astartes units from your army with this ability. You can only select one uh, each combat doctrine once per battle. So. Yeah. I read that, and I'll, I'll go through the doctrines, which are Devastated Doctrine, unit is eligible to shoot uh, shoot in a turn in which it advanced. So obviously that's changed. No more bonuses to heavy weapons. Um, the Tactical Doctrine, unit is eligible to shoot and declare a charge. Shoot and declare a charge. It's quite powerful. Yep. In a turn in which it fell back. Very nice. And Assault, assault Doctrine, unit is eligible to declare a charge in a turn in which it advanced. Which, which is, is very real big. Real nice. Real nice. Yeah, yeah. And the way I read that, because it just says at the start of your command phase... You could go assault doctrine from turn one, should you so choose. Yeah, and you could stay in assault doctrine for the whole whole game, or you might go. Do you know what? I'm going to go assault doctrine. I'm going to get if I can get charges. I'm going to move forward, advance. I'm going to charge, and then I might switch into tactical because actually falling back and then declaring another charge might be better for me. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot more flexibility here. You just you only get to move between. Sorry, you only get to use them once so you have to think a bit more yeah. about when you want to make the change and where you want to and kind of when you want to do that in the game which i think is yeah. great 
It's fantastic. And I think the the big sort of positive change on this is it's no longer related to just doing a bit more damage. It's not just like, oh, here's a little bit of extra AP. It's just no, they're, they're looking at the idea of what this gives you and actually going, okay, well, we want this to give a little bit more tactical flexibility to how you play the army because that's what Space Marine's about. So here are things you can do. Devastate, you know, you can advance out, set up in the positions and fire your heavy weapons off. Tactical, it's like, oh no, you've been assaulted or you need to reposition during the game. Then you can get that off. And assault is like, we need to go. We need to get into combat. We're going to get there. Yeah. I, I, I also really like with these as well to, to fix the problem I described a little bit earlier or at least I think it fixes the problem, which is that these now no longer, um, you know, if you're if you're running an army that is mostly combat, or if you're running an army that's mostly shooting, with the way it used to work, if you were shooting, Devastator and Tactical were great, Assault Doctrine, meh. If you were a mainly a combat army, obviously Assault Doctrine is great, Tactical Doctrine, eh. Devastator Doctrine, pff, probably not going to be much of a thing to you, right? Yeah. With this, I think all of these are useful because even Devastator Doctrine, which is obviously shoot in which you advance, well, you're probably, you're a Space Marine army. You're going to have some shooting. If you can yeah. just advance, still do stuff and get in a position to then, you know, make your charges. Yeah. If you're an entire right, combat army, you can advance and shoot turn one and then advance and charge turn two. Yeah, that's, that's, really, <laughs> that's really good. Like if you're a much more aggressive list and much lots of combat units, they're now all pickable because then turn three, guess what? You get to fall back and then charge again. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I, th- I think this is really good. I think it looks great. Yeah. Um, and, and Big positive yeah, change. Very, very happy with it. I think Space Marines are going to be happy bunnies. Um, and then, um, are we? Uh, as you say, obviously these previews are all a little bit different in what they contain, so we won't focus. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll cover <laughs> all the additional stuff unless there's like a... Um, I think the one thing to sort of point out here... Um, yeah is like the fight on death stratagem oh yes only in death does duty end yeah which is just a generic stratagem for all adeptus studies which yeah is great so, it's really so powerful your land raider <laughs> your your land raider which is now really good as well so go check it out yeah, yeah. It's a good good, uh, good data sheet on there um yeah you can you can fight on death with your land raider which is quite fun <laughs> I, mean, land, land raiders, I think just in general transports are looking really good this edition i think we're look, yeah. moving into more of a mechanized edition the ability to sort of get out after the transport has moved, and then if it has some mm. sort of assault um, capability, like the assault ramp from Land Raider, then being able to charge after that. I, I will yeah. point out, some people have missed this, it doesn't say anything about you can move after. So in the current rules in ninth, you could if you get out of transport, you can still move. I'm guessing that's probably going to go away, so you just get out and then you'll be able to charge. But that's still a really powerful ability. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. And... and, and that you know our friend josh is a fan of the land raiders so it's nice to see oh yeah he's he's gonna be happy apparently they're all like the price is like doubled on ebay for the old land raiders because everyone's suddenly looking at them being like "Ooh, this is yes actually pretty tasty I've got one in a box somewhere. Again, among all the yeah, launch yeah. of stuff, I've got one in a box that I, I I've had for a while and haven't built. Well, maybe I'm I'll have sure to get one, one for like my a Chaos one that doesn't have any addition. It's basically it's it. I, cause I remember I got it on eBay like ages ago, and yeah, it was yeah. like it was it was slightly cheaper because the guy selling it was like it's a Chaos one, but it doesn't have the Chaos upgrade sprue. So I was like, I messaged him and I was like, so it's just a Land Raider, right? And he was like, well, yeah. So I was like. Sweet. Okay. Fine. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, so, so when I saw that, when I saw this data sheet, I was like, "Ooh, or sorry, data card, data slate, whatever we're calling them these days." Um, I, I thought I was like, "Ooh, that's really cool." Um, 
so yeah yeah no very happy and i thought yeah the stratagem for space yeah Marines get your land ready is, is really nice again yeah, it, it's a very powerful ability it's very good. yeah it's a very powerful ability to be able to fight on death having played combat armies very very powerful but it's also 2cp and from what we've seen from warhammer fest previews and beyond you're going to be starting on zero cp from what we've heard which yes. means you get like 10 cp over the course of the whole game if you're burning this that's basically the only thing you're doing that turn out of all the different stratagems no rerolls yeah. no anything else that might be in the the cause uh core strats yeah. or your other six or other five stratagems that you get this is going to be like the only thing you do that turn but it's very powerful yes, yeah which i think yeah, is a good place for definitely. stratagems to be uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think less less stratagems that are more meaningful seems to be the way they're going, and that to me, I think, is is the way to play the game rather than yeah. having thirty two of them that you'll never use twenty of them right in, in yeah. the game. Um, I will just say, just just I know we said we wouldn't go through everything, and I won't, I promise. But just yeah, to talk about we need to keep a brief, otherwise we'll be here all day. <laughs> yeah, just just talk about Gilliman's data sheet just very mm. briefly. One thing I thought was quite cool about this, uh, and I think it goes to. I know some people have been upset by this, but I think it goes to actually a design philosophy that really helps, especially new players. Um, is that if you look at his abilities that he has, even where they reference the Ultramarines, they just refer to Adeptus Astartes. They don't refer yeah. to like an Ultramarines keyword. And indeed, he doesn't have an Ultramarines keyword, which is yeah. actually kind of... It, 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 it has its downsides, I guess, in some ways, in that it like maybe lacks a bit of flavour, is what some people are arguing. Yeah. But I do like it because it does mean somebody can, like if they do want to run Gilliman just leading a bunch of Space Marines, right, then that's fine. They can do that. Um, which is which I think is actually quite nice. I mean, I would yeah, still always I, say, like, I'm, I'm you kind know, of, paint him how you like, but he is the 13th Primarch. And that yeah, I'm kind of in two minds of this sort of depth of sub-faction idea. Yeah. It, again, it does take a little bit of flavour away. Um, I think it, it's being done for like streamlining purposes, making the game a little bit simpler. I think we'll get that flavour back in different themed detachments. Whether or not we'll yeah, get sub-faction themed detachments, I don't know. Um, or whether it'll just be here as a detachment. I they have mentioned, I think, in the very, very first stream preview, something about like, oh, Ultramarines first company detachment, but I'm not sure if that's them just sort of adding Ultramarines to the title or whether it's a separate detachment that's supposed to be Ultramarines. So we all we'll get different attachments and more themed. So if you want to take, you know, again, Iron Hands with lots of tanks, I'm sure we'll get a detachment for that. Whether it'll be called Iron Hands or not, I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. But at, at, this, at this moment in time, we don't really have quite enough information to draw a conclusion on that yet. I do, I must admit, I do with with G-Man, just because he's the one we've seen, I do sort of like the idea that he, like the, the, the Imperial, Imperial Primarchs, because we've now got two, we've now got um, mm-hmm. uh, the Lion as well, um, that certainly in Gilliman, it are certainly a bit more, they're maybe not as tied to their factions which i know sounds like a weird comment but like if you think about it gilliman is the is the lord regent of the whole imperium like if you put him with any other space marines right yeah fine (laughs) ultramarines have a particular you know link to him but you stick him with any space marines they're gonna be they're gonna fight better around him right yeah oh i think in current and previous editions of the game he's given bonuses to imperium models lesser bonuses lesser bonuses and i guess a you know, that's part of the simplification that he just can boss anyone around, basically. 
<laughs> yeah, when you're when you're a Primark, <laughs> you can tell anyone what to do. Again, it, I think where we'll see this would be very interesting will be with characters like again to pick on the Ultramarines, Marnius Calgar, or I am Father Pharos, or you know even even Dante, right? The the very yep. very chapter specific characters who you know they maybe have wider roles to play in the Imperium, but who knows? So that's the Spice Marines. So yes. moving on to the one that I think, well, we're both excited about, but I know you yeah. said you're painting <laughs> recently, which is the Tyranids or the Great Devourer. And I am going to read all of the little names they've given them because I think it's really cool. Like the art, the artwork they've used is from the Ninth Codexes, which is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. They've given them all a little, a little blurb. Um, so what we've seen for the Tyranids is the army rule, so which is Synapse, which basically says, if your army faction is Tyranids, while a Tyranid unit uh, from your army is within six inches of one or more synapse keyword models from your army that unit is said to be within synapse range of your army so kind of similar to what we have now each time a tyranid unit from your army makes a battle shock test if it is within synapse range of your army take that test on 3d6 instead of 2d6 so we know that battle shock is the new morale mechanic effectively yep. it's it's the uh, which version of also sounds fantastic you know losing your objective control so you can't take objectives you lose the ability um to use any stratagems which is really big and then yeah. uh there's uh rules about falling back as well and some restrictions on that but i don't think we've got the full details of that yet yeah um, agreed um, but it's going to be more dangerous to fall back basically yeah, and it's 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 more meaningful now, I think, actually, rather yeah. than having the yeah. whole, like, oh, I've got one goober left who just goes and hides on an objective. It's like, well, he's got no objective control, because obviously that is now the new... There's no objective secured anymore. Everybody just has an OC value, um, yeah. and it gets reduced to zilch. So it doesn't matter that you're on the objective. I'm on there If you're now scared well. and, like, punkering down, scared, you're really yeah. not holding that objective now, are you? Yeah, and, and I like this, because this reflects the Tyranids, you know, doing what they've always done, which yeah. is that they are, like, they are the hive mind, therefore... They can take their 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 battleship tests better than other people, so they're well, more immune. To I think not immune. In sorry, not immune, yeah. but they're they're better at. Well, the that's end. that's the key thing, though. For a long, long time in the game, synapse has basically meant fearless. And then immune, there's been different yeah, yeah. rules for when you're outside of synapse, and they've changed from addition to addition. But basically, it's like if you're in synapse range, you're fearless. That's no longer the case, mm. which is I think going forward, we're going to see. I'm guessing is going to be a core de design philosophy for them of actually making Battleshock matter. And they've in 8th and 9th edition, they had more impactful Battleshock or morale rules, but then lots of things just ignored it, you know, and they shall know no fear or rules as it is. Lots of things are just really high um, uh, leadership or, you know, if you're monsters or tanks, you just didn't care. Now, yeah. everything cares and no one, it seems... No one will ignore it. Even, you know, something that was previously fearless, you just get an extra dice now. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think that's a really nice change. And also because, again, because of the way they've changed Battleshock, it's not a it's not a losing it, it well, sorry not a losing situation is not the right word but it's not a oh no suddenly i have no models left right because nothing's running away it's just yeah no, no, they're still there they can do stuff they're just not as good at it and you can't use a lot of your bonuses on them which is nice because it reflects that as you say that kind of yeah. oh we're afraid it, i think it's worth saying as well the way battleshock works for anyone again who doesn't know this just touching this briefly and why having one extra dice is really powerful the way battleshock works now is you roll over your leadership right yep. so basically on, 2d6 on, on roll the data card 
yeah, two d six have to roll over whatever it is. So uh, I think space. I think Nec- Nec- Necrons, which we'll get to in a minute. I think they were previewed at like seven plus. I can't remember what the Space Marine average was that they gave. I think six or maybe five six. characters. Which, which actually, when you think about it, makes sense, right? Because on the two d six roll, the average is normally seven. Right, yeah, is rolled across two D six. Space Marines are above average leadership. Are a little bit better, yeah, because they're a little bit better. They've got above average leadership. So, yeah, it's it's a nice way of of reflecting that, which is really cool. Um, And on a similar note, the the other army rule they get because Tyranids do get two a two part one is they get the ever so famous Shadow in the Warp, which means if your army faction is Tyranids, then once per battle in either player's command phase, so yours or your opponents, um, if one or more units with uh, from your army with this ability are on the battlefield, you can un unleash the shadow in the warp when you do each enemy unit on the battlefield must take a battle shock test that is really quite powerful right yeah because if for all the reasons we've just talked about with battle shock mattering more suddenly if you've got yeah if you've got one turn of just releasing the shadow in the warp and that can turn off people's ability to hold objectives now there's no guarantee they'll hold like they'll fail the check but Mm. let's say you're about to charge into unit like Space Marines that has a fight on death stratagem, you release the shadow in the warp, they fail their battle shock, now they can't use that stratagem and your screamer killer gets to eat them yeah. up without and I, <laughs> any retribution. Exactly, exactly. And, and and it's worth saying, and I, I just I was quickly looking it up, you may have me clicking away in the background, because Tentacruel, the really cool looking new um neuro tyrant, right? And yeah, this yeah. is where we start to see the rules interact. They, they, they put out an article on that that's worth mentioning at this point because that has an ability called Psychic Terror, which is basically if you have a Neuro Tyrant on the battlefield, when you do Shadow in the Warp, you subtract one from the Battleshock test that every enemy unit has to take. That's that's pretty big. That's real powerful. That's real <laughs> powerful, right? You think about it. You think about a relatively... I mean, even an average leadership army, right? They are now having to roll like pretty well yeah. Otherwise, no, they're going to start failing those tests. Funnily enough, I've I've got some got the stats. Um, so oh, if you had like leadership, this is this is why I like you, Rich, because you always not only do you, not, not not like me where you. Well, just come it's up with it's just sort of about like the curious, to back it up. Yeah, you have. I had curiosity about like how powerful actually is an extra dice. Um, but yeah, let's say you did Shadow in the Warp and against the leadership seven plus or mostly seven plus army, and they go down to eight plus. Mm. Uh, that goes from them passing about sixty, like fifty eight, sixty percent of the time down to about like 40 42% of the time. Ooh, that suddenly that's... most of their units are failing battleshock. Mm. Uh and, and just it, again like uh, on the ex, on the note of um how much it's like oh termagants you know have pretty bad leadership i think they're 8 plus i think they might be worse than the combat troll version of them but 8 plus mm. i think is their normal one. Uh, from what we've seen, and you go, well, how much actually can that make a difference of, you know, rolling an extra D6? Well, like I said, 8 plus, you're looking about 41, 42% uh, pass rate. If you add the extra D6, it's suddenly like 83, 84% pass rate, which is just as good as a Space Marine character. Yeah, so exactly. They're, re- <laughs> they're actually quite resistant to Battleshock then. Still not immune, but the extra D6 makes a big difference. Yeah. And and, and the Neuro Tyrant's other ability they previewed on here does allow it to pick two units that basically are treated as being within synapse range. So if you have got some Tyranid goobers yeah. that you want to fling forward at the enemy... Yeah, importantly, it's you can range forward and you get this little gribbly yeah. monster that has a token next to you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which I thought was funny. It's like most of the time those things are sort of like a blade of wounds or whatever. But no, it's like here's like oh here's a token <laughs> bravery, <laughs> bravery token, right? He's 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 he's, he's, yeah, yeah. he's he's being controlled by the hive mind into being brave. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, so I mean, and then you know, in the Tyranid preview, they also showed us the Gene Stealer data sheet, which is quite cool. They have a scout extra move, wound, which is fun extra wound as well yeah yeah two wounds nice. now on a, on a gene steal i'd forgotten about that still got their yeah. five up in one save and they can uh re-roll wounds of one natively and if you're if the target if the attacks is in range of an objective marker they can re-roll the wound roll and the thing to say on Pretty that testy. is quite interesting which is what people were talking about from fest who had played the game one of the changes they have appeared to have made again not been confirmed yet but you know i believe it was something that, that people would certainly someone told me about when they who had, who had previewed the game was you can't stand on top of the objective markers anymore. So yeah, that range from an objective marker is a forty mil base plus your three inches, presumably three inches, right? I think I think that's yeah, yeah. going to be. I think that's um, safe so, to assume. So it's actually that that's quite a big bubble, right? That that's like a five inch bubble round the set, like around the very yeah, yeah. center point of and the it's objective. Where, so you know the enemy is likely to be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that that's that's fun. They also showed us the Swarm Lord. He's pretty cool. He does some cool well, stuff. He's very choppy. Does some cool stuff. Also, uh, we've seen this trend, and in a couple other ones, Gillen's similar, sort of similar. And we'll see this in other ones going forward. These sort of big heroes can potentially give you extra CP, and mm. so that while you start with very little, you get rewarded for taking these big epic heroes, these sort of name characters who have these special abilities. Or other war gear, we've seen in other uh, army previews. There are ways to generate more CP, but you have to take some thematic choices to do so. Definitely, and and it's worth saying as well. Not only does Swarmy, because I know some some Tyranid players I saw again were like, oh, Swarm Lord's not very good anymore. I'm like, well, he looks no. fantastic. In, he looks fantastic. And in the context <laughs> of the game, as you say, not only does he generate you CP, he can take it away. He's got a Vect ability called mm. Malign Presence. So remember, we were talking about you know to put it all in all in a package. Remember, we were talking about that two CP fight on Death Stratagem. Oh, yeah. we're all Battleshock now. So the units, a lot of units, can't use this because they might have failed their Battleshock. Oh, by the way that nasty unit that can use it and you're just sitting there going i don't care if you charge me i'm gonna fight on death you go no you don't it's three cp now and well, I, uh, I think you they still have to it still has to be after they've still has used to be after it, it. So yeah, yeah any I'm, further I'm assuming, uses i'm assuming they've used it they've used it earlier right we're, we're going yeah, for a yeah. scenario where i can be smug because they've used it earlier but yeah <laughs> you know in theory but what but either way yeah, making, yeah. A, making a making a one cp stratagem two cp or making a two cp stratagem three cp in a world of limited command points that is yeah. really big. It may just become unusable, right? It, it, it may be the equivalent of you just cannot really use this for the rest well, of the game unless you really save up. It's it also interesting uh, to note with this very specific wording of it, and this may be FAQ, there may be something in the core rules that we haven't seen that you know changes this, but as far as I can see, this also applies to the command reroll, assuming that's a core stratagem which mm. other Vex haven't in the past. And that's probably just simplification, just going, yeah, it will affect all of them. But it's like, oh, you want to re-roll a dice? That's 2CP. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and, you know, we also see on these data sheets, right, some of the the um, uh, the additional characteristics we've seen that these big monsters get in is, or big characters get in is worth talking about the Swarm Lord as well, because they, they have the leader keyword, which um, yep. notably, I believe, Mr. G-Man, who we just spoke about, I'll just quickly flick to his day sheet. He does not have yep. the leader keyword, which is quite and interesting. So the, the leader keyword, for people who don't know, is the ability to join a squad. Uh, and from what they've shown us from 
previews is that there will be a list of squads you can join. I'm assuming with Hive Tyrants and the Swarm Lord, it will <laughs> likely be like, here are some, like, your Tyrant Guard. Yeah, <laughs> that, ty- like, sorry, Tyrant Guard, yeah. Hive Guard, yeah. I, I make the, always get those, like, I know the difference between them, but I always, like, confuse them yeah. in my mouth when I say that. One, one shooty, one's sort of protecty and yeah. fighty, so yeah. Uh, Honestly, yeah, though, no. like, Tyrant Guard was one of my favourite, like, units in the Tyranid, um, in the Tyranid army that I, I was playing uh, in 9th edition. Because you, I had a load of buffs from Behemoth, and they were actually quite fighty and did a quite lot of work, nasty, uh, yeah. and also quite tough. So I'm excited to, you know, potentially add a Swarm Lord to some Tyrant Guard and just like charging off in a battle and see what they do. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely the way forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, that that's broad. I mean, it's worth. I think we'll touch on the stratagems because it's worth talking about the stratagems for each one. Yeah, they're, they're mostly the quite stratagem interesting. they've shown us is is called Endless Swarm. Uh, it's one CP, and it's basically in your command phase, uh, up to two endless multitude, keyword, units from your army that are within synapse range of your army, or one other endless multitude unit from your army. In other words, if you've got two of them in synapse range, oh, sorry, if you've got two units in synapse range, you can do two. If you haven't, you can just pick one, right? If you've got none in range, you can just pick one. Um, yeah. And the effect of it is that up to D3 plus three destroyed models are just returned. So you can yeah. just regenerate your little Gribblies, <laughs> which is very thematic for the Tyranids, which I think is Yeah, I, I think they already had this, but it was only one unit and maybe it was like D6 yes. instead of D3 plus 3, or it might have been D3 plus 3, I can't remember. But the fact is, like, on average, like, if you got some Gaunts around you, probably get about 10 back per turn for one CP. Yeah, it's not bad. Definitely. It's pretty good. So moving on to get the speed metal going. <laughs> <laughs> it's chaos space marine time um and there's his death through the false emperor um is their slogan which i'm going with there <laughs> so i so will do this for everyone apologies it's gonna get real annoying um yeah, yeah. so their army rule again so this is all chaos space marines or or sorry heretic astartes keyword is if your army faction is heretic astartes each time a unit with this ability is selected to shoot or fight it can make a dark pact sorry it's called dark pacts the rule if it does select one of the following abilities for that unit's weapons to gain until the end of the phase lethal hits or sustained hits one each time a unit makes dark pact after it has resolved its attacks it must take a leadership test if that test is failed the unit suffers d3 mortal wounds so what you can yep. do if you want and you don't have to but you can each time you shoot or fight so you know you're using it potentially twice a turn um you can do a dark pact and you either get uh sustained hits one is exploding sixes they've already told us or it's it's yep. basically your, your sixes it's it's they explode then, to whatever the number yeah, yeah. is so sustained hit ones is exploding sixes you get additional hit and lethal hits is uh on a i believe it's a wound roll of a six the damage a critical hit of a uh, a critical uh, no, so it's the that's devastating wounds the with the mortals. That is devastating wounds. I'm sorry. Uh, it's critical hits turn into automatic wounds. Yeah, so sixes to wound in theory are an auto wound, which is quite yeah. good. The downside of this, obviously, is you do potentially have to take some mortal wounds on your units. Yeah, and so this it's is where I'm a little bit out, out of. I mean, I'm probably I definitely sort of have some bias because I have this as one of my armies. But for me, the idea that your core army mechanic is usually like, here is you doing a bunch of stuff better, like this is what your army is good at. And the but having to take mortal wounds to do what you should be good at, it feels a bit odd to me as a design mechanic. However, there is some things later on in this preview 
that makes that a little bit better and some synergies in there. But as a sort of core mechanic of, you know, potentially taking damage to get buffs, I, look, I, I'm perfectly fine with that mechanic, but across the entire army as like your army rule, mm. I'm, I'm a bit mixed uh, on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I can see that. And like, that was why, say for example, with my Chaos Knights, right? One of the Chaos Knight... Um, one of the the types of chaos night houses yeah. you could be gave you a very similar ability and i but it like had much because you bigger could... payoffs though <laughs> oh yeah it had, no to be fair it had much bigger pay it was still it was still yeah, like a random fair, payoff though, is, which you know, i didn't like yeah but yeah but there was, also other, one, right? there was also other choices um uh as well but so like i was saying this it feels a bit mixed to me i'm not sure like the whole idea of like I think it's very thematic. I, I think it's a nice rule. I'm not sure about applying army-wide, but there are some things uh, that make it a bit better. And if we go down to Legionnaires, um, yes. or Legionaries, <laughs> the big biggest thing on this data sheet, I mean, A, this is the first time we've seen a back of a data sheet, so it's good to see all the war gear options that are there. We don't know mm. points yet and how they're, they're going to relate. Um, but the biggest thing is the chaos icon and that you can re-roll that leadership test and i mean if you want some stats uh are there what leadership six um yeah, leadership yeah. six plus yeah so you're i think it's um about like 27 to 28 percent of the time you're taking mortal wounds when you do a check that's a bit too high but if you've got an icon in there then it goes down to like seven or eight percent of the time and suddenly that's much more manageable and i'm like okay yeah i'm, I'm fine with that what it does mean, though, is that for any unit that can't take an icon, there's a much bigger risk. So that one, I, I yeah. feel... It, I'm worried slightly that it will sort of gravitate towards um, just armies that can take icons, which mm. tend to, funnily enough, tend to be like the core of the army, and then the other um, units that can't take icons are much more sort of specialist. So I kind of get that, and I kind of kind of don't mind that too much. But at the same time, other people get their army bonuses for free, and we have to take model wins. Yeah, no, it's it's fair. Um, I, no, it's it's a fair point. We again, we may see characters that attach to units that give you buffs or or somehow get round it or something like yeah. the like just off the top of my head. Well, right, the, funnily enough, the there's Dark Apostle or something. He might yeah. he might do something. Oh yeah, and absolutely, and this is why I like that they showed that there is synergy that overcomes that. Here's the look of the icons. There may be more of there of that in the book and then that's great because then that ties into how the army is built uh if we scroll down a little bit further we can see about the destroyer has an aura that you can re-roll leadership so if you really need to get those dark packs off he can give you that reliability yeah however there are a couple of more <laughs> a couple of other auras that you might want to choose instead because they're very yeah. <laughs> powerful and in my my mind this is this like of all the previews like these are, like the two things that i feel the most mixed about his auras are very powerful, and I personally think a probably aura, a bit he? too powerful because it's just oh, everyone within X Men Adventures, I think it's six, just gets a real to hit. And I'm, I'm like, I thought we left this behind in Eighth Edition. I thought we were we moved past this. Yeah, I must admit the, the Chaos Preview was to me was quite funny for two reasons, which is one is that right the classic again back in the day right it was gilliman yeah with three tanks around him just re-rolling right was just, I, and, just and i'm worried honestly. that i'm worried that like two things will happen a all chaos space marine players will take a baton where they shouldn't feel like obligated to uh yeah. and b you then just 
get uh, an army that bubbles up around a character and it's either going to be a baden with a bunch of tanks or shooter units just re-rolling everything or it's going to be baden with a bunch of cultists with in-bond saves. <laughs> yeah, because you can give everything. <laughs> and so like I said, we, we so don't have full I'll... context. Some of these things may work a little differently from what we've, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. seen. But it does. this is like the one preview that worried me a little bit because I'm like, it's, um, I'm not sure about auras just affecting everything, and these auras are very, very powerful. I'm not sure. Well, about also, this. it's worth it's worth saying as well that that you've got um, you know, what is it a friend friend of the uh, I was going to say friend friend of the podcast and and friend generally, uh, Karim, uh, who was a very experienced Black Legion or is a very experienced Black Legion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe there was a time when he ran the Abaddon and a ton of cultists list, yeah. and it feels like that could be an option again, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, and and for me, I think a lot of the core design philosophy in Ninth was trying to move away from that. It's like okay, yeah, cultists aren't the most efficient thing in the in the care space ring book but that's because they're not supposed to be like one of the things that you mass produce and have like 200 of a chaos space marine army should funnily enough include chaos space marines yeah i do it's also it's kind of what's kind of funny about this to say that that was one thing i guess there's three so there's that there's the fact that on the um legionnaires legionaries sorry i'm calling them legionnaires as well legionaries I, I do the same um uh we we've got ironically the thing that they sort of said that they were going to get rid of and to be to be kidding all this is very minor criticism right which is that we've moved back yeah. in some ways to universal special rules right so we talked about you know having sustained hits one having lethal hits right so the idea being that if my data sheet says thing your data sheet says same thing we know exactly what it does there's no debate about that there's no worry about the rule about the wording it's not like now we have 20 abilities that are all got different names but all do the same thing yet ironically on this data sheet you have the veterans of the long war which is each time in the model of the unit targets an enemy uh, unit with a melee attack re-roll a wound roll of one if that enemy unit is within range of an objective marker you can re-roll the wound roll instead now what does that sound like it sounds exactly <laughs> like because it is the vanguard predator rule which is on the gene stealer data sheet yeah um, so I, I, I think this is a little it's, it's little a bit of a case of just funny. like <laughs> a little bit unfortunate that you know these are the things they're showing off because they're cool and they yeah. just happen to like have those two things in a row so I everyone's mean, like hey, I wait mean... a minute and also <laughs> yeah. then they've previewed the two things in the book and these might be the only two things in the book that have re-rolls and we've been told like oh wait a minute there's going to be less re-rolls in the game yet you've showed us the stuff with all the re-rolls re yeah. and they've probably done I that mean... because that's the only thing in the book that has re-rolls and it's really cool to show off I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, look, the game The game is going to have, like, the, the, I think there's this idea that there's just going to be no re-rolls. The game's going to have re-rolls. It's a dice game, right? That, yeah. That's how you make your rolls better. There's going to be There's going to be less. There's less of them. Um, and the, Sorry, the other one as well that I thought was quite interesting is a Abaddon has the ability to, each time it makes a uh, model makes Dark Pact and doesn't fail the resulting leadership test, roll a d6 on a 2 plus, you gain 1 CP. And that's interesting for two reasons. One, because Abaddon obviously can make Dark Pacts, right, as, as, a, as a heretic start, he's unit yep. um with the with the dark packs faction ability which means that if you did that on his talon horus it's got sustained hit one hits ones already so i'm not clear does it become sustained hits two if you choose I'm, that i'm assuming you, that they'll have some sort of hits. rare rules section where they yeah. address that but at the moment we don't know we're, we're, yeah the, the other thing is that is like why does he have to roll twice so why does he have to roll yeah, the dark yeah that's what i was about to say right twice. it's like yeah it's like so i'm rolling for my dark pack then i pick my ability then i roll again and on a two plus i get into my cp it's just like it's yeah. just quite funny again and, and i mean he can make himself re-roll that i guess but <laughs> at the yeah. same time he's yeah. got other things that he wants to do 
exactly. Yeah. Um, and he he is a he is he is a leader as well, so he can be attached to units of Adden, which yep. is quite cool. Um, uh, but yeah, and he has all of the all of the chaos keywords as you would expect. Um, other than that, they showed the male flamer, and I know we won't go into it, but I, I will say that Mister Watkin <laughs> in the WhatsApp group we were in had some extremely funny comments about the male flamer still being it's still shit. <laughs> Uh, which I thought was it, great. It looked, it's improved, really work. but it's it's that weird thing of like, here's like your main gun for a big flying tank that goes that's supposed to go across units and flame things up, and then it's also like just an extra weapon that you add on to a Lord Discordant. Yeah. So like, how how do you like balance it being like the main gun on a tank and also just an extra thing that they maybe fire as they're trying to get into combat? So yeah, yeah it's still a bit shit. Um, and you know, we won't we won't touch on. They they also showed off uh, the obliterators who have you know various different flavors of guns and they select a profile to fire with yeah. today. But on the stratagem front, they showed off uh, dark obscuration for one CP, uh, which uh, I really like it because it has um, the description on it could either be uh, like the beginning of a sort of metal song, right? Because it's like the the Lord description is like <laughs> choking fogs echoing with the screams of tortured souls, dense clouds of bloated. Fl- Flies. Or it could just be like a really weird Met Office thing, which is like dense clouds of bloated flies, deluges of bloody rain, whirlwinds <laughs> of coruscating flames blazing in a thousand hues, moving in from the east on Monday. Like what, it's just what you know, we need now is you to like take episodes of like the shipping forecast and make metal songs out of them. <laughs> <laughs> North at Sierra, South at Sierra, heavy to normal later. <laughs> I think there's there's room there's room. Sorry, if, any, yeah. if anyone listening to this is not from the UK, that's like a really UK specific <laughs> joke, which is that we have a thing in this country called the shipping forecast. It's on a it's on a BBC radio station. It's been going for years, and it's where they literally read out um, a a the, the weather over the next couple of days for the fishermen and for ships in various places around the British Isles and Ireland and sort of the North Sea and various stuff. And it's honestly, it's the most therapeutic. If you're, if you're having trouble falling asleep, <laughs> it's like poetry in a good way. It's it's wonderful. They have this, you know, they because they all have different, they, they do it by, they don't just go like, you know, cloudy, turning, sunny later. It's all done in a kind of code language, which is, which is designed to be heard clearly over a radio, even in poor conditions, and talks about like where the various bits are. It's all different divided up in like a grid with all kind of interesting names yeah, yeah. so north utsira and south utsira are i believe the ones that are up near norway if you're fishing in the north sea uh, or denmark one of the two so uh so yeah a bit, a bit of uh, shipping forecast knowledge for you yeah never <laughs> let never never let you say that this podcast is not educational in some way but yeah, oh, yeah if you're having yeah. trouble for like falling asleep you want to relax i thoroughly encourage you find the shipping forecast it's normally on it's on at like midnight they broadcast it but um, you can find recordings on it just give it a listen it's really lovely. It's really relaxing. Um, anyway, yeah, moving on. <laughs> but coming um, back to dark what, obscuration. Yeah, coming back, coming back to dark obscuration. Um, what that does uh, is that in your opponent's shooting phase, or sorry, when your your opponent's shooting phase, just after an enemy unit has selected targets, you can pick a heretic star to his unit that was selected as a target for one or more, and uh, it gains the stealth ability, which again is a is a we, USR. Yeah, we don't know exactly what that does yet, but no, a lot of people are saying you know maybe it will give you the benefit of cover, or maybe give you minus one to hit. It'll be a defensive yeah. buff, basically. Yeah, you'll get some kind of de- defensive buff. And then there's a nice kind of, again, chaosy flavor on this because it says if the unit you select is a Nurgle unit, or if your unit is a Nurgle unit, until the end of the phase, your unit can only be selected as the target of a range attack if the attacking model is within 12 inches. So actually, if you've got like a Nurgle keyword unit, you can just sit there and go, and they go, oh, I'm going to shoot that. You can go, right, I'll spend a CP on Dark Obscuration. Are you within 12? No, you can't hit it. 
Yeah. So I think That's this it. does actually does something really nice because one of the big things that a lot of Chaos players coming into this preview were on the lookout for is please make sh- sure that marks are still relevant. There's something that's really cool and fluffy and flavorful about the faction, and we want to see them actually be relevant, because for a while in 8th, they didn't really do much. But this is actually kind of an elegant way of making them relevant, but also still making this stratagem relevant for the entire army, because you'll only get six stratagems from your detachment. So they've gone, yeah, cool, exactly. here are going to be your stratagems, if you just apply them regularly, you'll get a buff, but you get a better buff if you're marked. And I think that's a really elegant way of handling that situation. What What is interesting, I will say, is on the Legionaries data sheet again, there isn't, and again, this is something we'll see when the index cards come out and when we get more rules, but one thing that is interesting, there isn't, you know, you know how they used to have the kind of um, uh, parentheses and then just Mark of Chaos in there, and obviously that's how you knew to replace it. That isn't on here, and there's been none of that. There's none of that kind of parentheses, mm, interesting. You know, insert a thing. It's just they have infantry, they have battle line, which is effectively the new sort of troops in a in a nutshell thing that gives you yeah, better yeah. objective control. Chaos, grenades, and legionary, legionaries. I'm going to say, keep saying legionnaires, but it's legionnaires. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm wondering but... if there'll be, a, say, like a way in the points or somewhere else yeah. uh, in the data cards or army, not quite army rules, but like other things that come with the army that then give out that sort of keyword. Because otherwise, yeah, we're not quite sure how that applies yet and what who and can, who can and can't take it. Because there was a limit to what could and can't take it uh, in the last sort mm. of Chaos Space Marine book. So. Still TBC of how that's applied, but it's good that they are still in there and there will be a benefit for it. So Definitely, definitely in some ways. So moving yeah. on then to the next one, uh, which was everyone's favourite cranky Terminator space Egyptians, which is the Necrons, or as they're referred to here, their number is Legion, their name is Death, uh, which is my terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> as the Terminator. Get to, right. the, get to the monolith. We've got to get out. Um, for, for, uh, I was very confusing because you had mentioned like Egyptians and then you did an Austrian accent. <laughs> I am and I was like, oh, now. Terminator. Like, I got it. If, if, if you can be the governor of California, you oh, you too can be a pharaoh. Um, that's, <laughs> he's got a bit Rainier Wolf Castle from The Simpsons. <laughs> the I mean, that's... They do nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Man. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, moving swiftly on moving to reanimation protocols. On. It's been a long week, guys. It's been a long week. Uh, So yeah, they showed off the army rule, which is reanimation protocols. Rich, do you want to take this one? Yeah. So basically everything gets D3 wounds back and in your command phase. Really nice, really simple. A good buff. People have been a little bit mixed on it because they go, oh, well, you know, if my army is... You know, if you have a unit out in the open, it's just going to get shot and then I never get to use it. It's like, well, this is across every single unit in your army, every single turn. It's better than it, the current version of it because multi-wound models get all those D3 wounds back. So if you've got one unit that's one wound down and you roll up three wounds, then that you know unit heals up. Then you get two wounds to put on to, to resurrect a model and then heal that up and that extra wound. So you get the full benefit no matter what. Also, the other thing to think about is there's going to be reduced lethality in the game. Vehicle's going to have higher toughness. This is, at least with what we've been told so far of the design mechanics around 10th, this is going to kick in a lot more and having your entire army always be healing up, pretty powerful. Yeah. I think yeah, I think I think I think Necron players have been concerned about, you know, you focus down a unit, they're gone. But to be honest, like that that's how the game like 
Yeah, that's also like how you get... deal with Necrons. That's always like in the last yeah, editions. Yeah, that's yeah. like a good way to try to deal with Necrons. So it's, no, it kind completely of makes sense agree. that that's still how you try to deal with them. But but also like you know look and, and this is not to make any complaint because when you say this stuff people are going to be like oh you think Necrons are broken? They're not at all, and they were fine. And like they had, if anything, they needed the boosts that they got through Ninth Edition to make them competitive. Yeah. But let's be honest trying to kill a in the same way that trying to kill a block of 20 lucius skatari was really annoying trying to kill a block of like 20 or 30 necron warriors or 20 necron warriors i guess was max unit size um could get with like resurrection orbs and this that it could get real annoying and like yeah you know it's not that's not i think that there there's also there were some really big swings of oh i killed 19 of the unit there was one left now 18 stand back up yeah, which can happen. I mean, it's rare, but it can happen, right? Yeah. In, in previous editions of the game, I think it was maybe a bit more prevalent. And when you get like bonuses to the old rolls and re-rolls and resurrection orbs and all that sort of stuff, I'm sure those will all be a thing of like resurrection yeah. orb. You might get to do some some more if that's uh, one of the upgrades that you get. Uh, going skipping ahead a little bit, Necron warriors get more. They've got their number as legion, which means they reanimate d6 wounds rather than d3 and if they're near an objective marker that's d3 plus three like every turn you've got every yeah like if you've got say 16 necron warriors and bricks of 20 assuming they can be in bricks of 20 then you know you've got 15 actual necron warriors every single turn assuming they're below starting strength yeah absolutely absolutely and they they've yeah it's reliable um, it happens before the Battleshock phase as well, because we know it happens in the Command phase. We know that the Battleshock phase is happening after the Command phase. So again, for your units sort of worried about yeah. Battleshock, it's actually quite Do you cool reanimate and suddenly you don't have to take Battleshock. Exactly, exactly, which is quite cool. Um, and they showed off the detachment rule as well for the Awakened Dynasty, which is the detachment, yeah. um, which is basically that when a Necron character model is a leader in a unit, when it's attached to a unit, um, each time the model in the unit makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. Nice and simple, nice and thematic. Yeah. And, you know, Pharaoh yeah. Jeff is here, or Pharaoh, I should say, Pharaoh Jeff is attached to the unit. Shoot better. Nice and simple. Yeah, 100%. Fantastic. Just really easy to understand, simple rule. It also applies to all Necron characters rather than just having my will be done on some of them. Yes. Uh, it's just like, cool, you have characters, plus one to hit. Um, yeah. Which does also balance out the fact that it the Necron Warriors... Uh, are now down to Ballistic Skill 4. And we'll see this across yeah. a number of different armies that we go through today. Is There's been this sort of like game-wide um, reduction in Ballistic Skill, but there'll usually be some sort of army rule where you get that back. So if you add characters, you're back up to Ballistic Skill 3, but it means you're not being buffed quite as high because a lot of times in Ninth Edition, it's like, oh, cool, is my entire army hitting on, or like these key shooting units hitting on twos, reeling ones, or hitting on threes, reeling everything, and it's it just got a little bit too lethal. So they've reduced yeah. that down, gotten rid of a lot of rerolls, and now there are ways to get back up again, but it's instead of going to, you know, hitting 90% of the time, you're going back up to BS3 with potentially no rerolls and that's yeah. still much much more manageable yeah exactly exactly um i think that that's definitely it's definitely a, a, an interesting trend across the armies as, they, as we'll see um of how many we, we can uh, when we run through them um they showed off the monolith as well looks pretty good um yep very good people pointed of... out that you can teleport out of combat which sounds like a pretty yeah. fun trick 
Teleport, um, teleport out of combat's awesome. It's also got the it, particle whip, which is one of my favourite weapons. Um, yeah, pretty good in combat fun. as well. Yeah, pretty good in combat. Yeah, it looks like the monolith. Very tough, thing, depending on the points. Yeah, yeah which is great. It's an iconic 14, model. Yeah. Toughness 14, 20 wounds. Um, yeah, healing D3 wounds back a turn. It's going to be pretty tough. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and then they showed off the Doomsday Cannon. They showed off the, the Void, uh, Spear of the Void Dragon as well in terms of Which, it's got an anti-vehicle three. 2 plus is very sweet. Yeah, so anti-weapons, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, one of the new USRs is anti-thing, you know, anti-weapon, uh, sorry, anti-vehicle, anti-monster, anti-character, I guess, in theory, any keyword. Yeah. Um, basically means it, it just will wound on whatever the value attached to that is. Yeah, so this it's thing, very similar to like current 12. poison rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always so, win yeah, poison rules are good. Yeah, it's a really that's a really good analogy for it. But like this thing is strength twelve. It's got five attacks, hitting on a two, uh, and uh, wounding on a two plus if you're hitting a vehicle, which is very thematic for the yeah. Void Dragon because he's a big angry Catan or Satan or however you want to pronounce it. Um, and then again, we said we touched on the stratagems in each one because that has been a consistent thing. This one is yeah. the Protocol right, of the Hungry Void, um, which currently is one of the command protocols that you can run through in Ninth Edition Necrons. Um, and again, to run through this, I like the I love the way these stratagems are set out because they just say when it happens, what the target is. So this happens yeah, in the fight phase. Yeah, it's all good. Um, the target is a Necron unit from your army that has not been selected to fight and then the effect of it is to the end of the phase add one to the strength characteristic of melee weapons uh, equipped by models in your unit in addition if a Necron character is leading your unit to the end of the phase improve the AP characteristic the arm penetration characteristic of melee weapons equipped by models in that unit by one so basically plus one strength if if they haven't fought yet and they're going to fight and uh, if there's a character attached they also get plus one AP Again, real simple. And don't real forget, nice. you're already getting plus one to hit as well. You're already getting plus one to hit from having the character in the unit. So suddenly, that character leading a unit, you pop this off, that's a pretty big boost in combat. Now, I have a Scorpec Lord, Rich, and I have a bunch of Scorpec Destroyers, so I quite like this because this means they're going to be nice and choppy, one assumes. Um, and it also means that they... I, I love that characters getting added back to units again. It's much more thematic than just sort of running in the middle, pointing at things and trying to make them shoot a little bit better or fight a little better. They actually lead from the front now. Yeah, and also from a game design perspective, it stops that weird thing you had where you're like, okay, I'm going to charge this unit, oh, but I need to string this guy back here to make sure they're within the aura of, like, yeah. you know, Gooba McGee, my character who failed the charge and is now just stood out in the well, open also with they... genitalia on display, waiting to die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for me as well, like, it... I'm hoping um, this, this is the thing, but stuff like, oh, here's like Repentia with their Repentia Superior, and they've made their Repentia Superior like a character, and that just gets left behind, basically. And now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually be able to run with the unit. And it was it was always because as as you know I played sisters extensively and I'll get very excited when we did the sisters preview. But um yeah no it always made me laugh with that because she was she she was kind of themed that way. The Repentia Superior gave you bonuses if she was near yeah, yeah. the Repentia when they fought. She was never near them because they go off and just <laughs> do their thing and you'd be like I mean they yeah, didn't, yeah. They didn't, most or, of the time they or didn't. Or she gave out the bonuses in the command phase, so it's like okay cool. She has to get out yeah. of the rhino and they have to get out of the rhino and then they have to wait outside of the rhino. Then she whips them into shape and then they go off running. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's it's a really. I think it's a really nice mechanic, and it'll be really good. I think it'll be really interesting to see which which leaders can go with which units as well. That's one thing I'm really. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. Like kind of like the core uh, keyword where they went. This might be a bit of a uh, issue 
if certain things are applied to anything. So they've yeah. restricted what certain things can be applied to. And, you know, especially with Space Marines, like, oh, this, you know, Terminator really shouldn't be leading these, you know, t- types of Marines or these ones. Or, like, yeah. oh, what if you happen to have, like, a unit where, like, some of them have flies, some of them don't? So I think it's an elegant way of trying to <laughs> yeah. smooth that over. It's, it's like this weird Death Watcher. And I, again, I assume Death Watch will have something Death to do Watch with, are like, always weird. Weird, they'll, they'll be weird. Weird units where they're like, we've got a guy on a bike, so we all get the movement characteristic of the bike or something. It's like, wait, how is that Terminator moving, like, 10 inches? Anyway, yeah. um, moving moving on, moving on to the next one, because I'm conscious of time. Uh, we'll run yep. through. So we're on to the Astra Militarum, the hammer of the Emperor. Prepare your mustaches. Prepare your tank track oil, for we are going to battle. Because everyone in the Guard has a moustache. I reckon when you join the Guard, you are issued a standard-issue little tash that you have to wear. Regardless of your self-identifying uh, gender or whatever you choose to choose, you are issued with a little moustache that you must wear to be in the Guard. Uh, in order to be a proper, proper Guards person. Um, so, the army rule for the Astra Militarum is the voice of command, um, yeah. which is a little bit complicated, but essentially it's very similar to orders and how yeah, orders it's work. Basically, you know that yeah. issue orders mechanic that you currently have? That's your army Same rule. Thing. Yeah. Um, and the Some of them are slightly weak to what you can get, but in general, people issue orders and things get better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you order, I'm just uh, you do it, so it specify how many orders it can issue and units, which units are eligible to receive those orders, so similar to now. And each time they issue the order, select one of the orders below and select one eligible friendly unit within six inches of the officer model. So yeah, they have to be close to them, makes sense. And the, yeah. the, the ones they've given us, they've given us six, so you've got move, 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 add three inches to the move characteristic, fix bayonets, improve the weapon skill characteristic of melee weapons by one, um, take aim, which is ballistic skill, improved by one, uh, first rank fire, second rank fire, improve the attacks characteristic of rapid fire weapons by one, uh, take cover, improve the save characteristic of models by one, uh, but cannot be improved better than a three plus, uh, which seems to be a cap we're seeing across uh, yep. the, uh, the, 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 the game. And finally, duty and honor, which is improve the leadership and objective control characteristics of the models unit by one. So again, if you've got a big blob of guards, guardsmen, you can stick them on a stick them on an objective and go, oh, there we go. Now they're all OC, mm. you know, plus one, which is pretty good. It's very, very um, nice. Yeah. And I, they, they the, I think us, the, the yeah, key thing uh, that some people might miss on first reading of this is they're all improvements to the base characteristic. So they're not plus one to hit, it's improve your ballistic skill by one. Yes. Which means if you were hitting on a four plus, suddenly you know, you get ballistic skill up to three plus. If you have plus one to hit in any way, then that goes up again. Uh, or if you heavy weapons were hitting on a, a five plus, then basically they still get to have the benefit of staying still to get the plus one to hit, whether on five plus or four plus or whatever it might have been. Now, obviously, there'll be restrictions of who can order what. I'm not sure if you'll be able to order a Bane Blade, for example. Um, <laughs> so just you know <laughs> there will be some restrictions and they have thought out some of that um, the engine noise shoot better what <laughs> but it means that you it's not just oh here is their their cap of like oh once they've given this order then they've got all the bonuses they need no there are still other things probably in other data sheets in the army that will you'll be able to still interact with Yes, yeah, no, exactly, and uh, and they, you know, to that to that 
end. They've shown off the Canadian. I need to say the Canadian short troops. Completely different. Completely different. That's what I call my fiance, the Canadian short troop. No, the Canadian short troops. Um, and and they have quite a fun ability, which is that they effectively give you sticky objectives. Um, so at the end of mm. command phase, and- within range of objective marker you control, you can move off it and remain it remains under your control. I think this this is an ability that we've seen here and then in other subsequent army previews Mm. this is going to be a very key mechanic and this is something that you want to look out for in your army because suddenly if you're playing a game often at the moment you have a couple of units that sort of sit back and stand on your backfield objectives and you know the rest of the army pushes forward most of the time the opponent doesn't get to your backfield objectives but you've got units on there so you're getting the points for holding them yeah suddenly with battle shock they might not be able to hold them. So this is the rule that you want to have a look out for and want to try to include in your army in 10th edition because then suddenly your backfield objectives are safe. And this is currently the only way to do it is with these sticky objectives. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, and and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how widespread that is because that's quite a big one, as you say. Um, but yeah. like, it's nice. It represents the idea, you know, they, they're Cadian shock troops. They they don't sit around. They keep moving forward. They're securing ground as part of on the battlefield, right? So so that's yeah. that's kind of nice. Um, they've also got a fun like when if you give them a vox caster, um, they can uh, if they get the stratagem on a on a five plus gain a CP. Yeah. It's quite nice. You want to limit some CP war, yeah. if you have that. Get some CP. Yeah. Back. Exactly. I think the other big thing as well to mention about these guys is they can be taken in units of either 10 or 20. Yes. And people have been like, oh, is this going to be like the Age of Sigma, like ification where you can only take, you know, things in multiples? No, no, it's not. Because we've seen on the Care Space Marine detachment uh, or the Care Space Marine data sheet that they were, you know, a sergeant plus four to nine, which is mm. exactly as they currently are. All this rule is, and this sort of unit size is, is that there used to be a way where you could run a combined squad, and there'll be a stratagem of having two squads joined together to be a unit of 20 in the battle. They've now just made that a detachment, like a choose when you're building your list thing. If you want a combined yeah. squad, take 20. And you know what? 20 guardsmen? Don't know, don't know what the points are, but might well be an option. Again, with lots yeah. of lots of objective control. Well, you only need to issue one order to them, and also you get to keep all your special weapons safe. Yes, yeah, no, they 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 do look they do look good. They do look good, and I think it'll be interesting to see because obviously the Astra Militarum is a huge codex, so it'll be interesting to see what the sort of index indexization or indexation of uh, of of that looks like. Um, they have also shown off the the it's a bone blade. Um, which everybody likes, um, and the Baneblade does have again. We won't go through everything. But Baneblade does have one cool ability, which is uh, called Rolling Fortress. Uh, which is basically if you if you have um, uh, one of your Astra Militarum models and they are not fully visible, which is an interesting wording, um, to uh, every model in the attacking unit when it's targeted by uh, a ranged attack, um, because of the Baneblade model, then the uh, targeted model gets the benefit of cover. So. In a very, very yeah. simple language, <laughs> if you're hiding behind the Bane Blade and they can only see a bit of you, you get cover, which is really cool because it is, it makes is a sense. rolling fortress. You're yeah, hiding it, it's basically the a piece of terrain that you're moving around the table is that big. Yeah. 
It's also interesting because it is Astra Militarum model. So if you've got a couple of tanks in a line and they go, oh, I'm not going to target the Baneblade, but I am going to go after that Lehman Russ, which is sitting at the back there, it's going to get cover, at least in theory. Yeah. I think we, we don't think we know the full um, full cover rules, but you know, yeah, yeah. Astra Militarum there's still extra bits and pieces of that wording that we need to find out about. But in in like theory, getting cover if you're behind a Baneblade, which is cool. Yes, yeah, it's very cool. Um, and then on the stratagem, I won't talk about the volcano cannon. Suffice to say, it's incredibly powerful. It has incredibly long range. And it's Twelve damage, damage. That's a lot. Strength. It it's yep, stuff. Twenty four. Cool. <laughs> it just dead. <laughs> it it, um, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. It's the Ron Seal of guns. Um, does what it says in the barrel. Uh, so yes, reinforcements for two CP is their stratagem, which is just a much simpler explanation. Which is the Astra Militarum can call upon a nearly inexhaustible supply of warriors, um, which is which is true. Uh, and this is one where you can use it in any phase. Um, you target a regiment keyword unit from your army that was just destroyed, um, and you can use it. Specifically, says you can use this stratagem on the unit even though it was just destroyed. And the effect is you just add a new unit identical to the destroyed units so you're already yeah. in strategic reserves at its starting strength with all its wounds remaining uh, you just can't use it on you just can't use it to return destroyed character units to attack yeah. units and there before you get too excited there are some restrictions on this it's things with the regiment keyword they give a list below heavy weapon squads your infantry squads your ordnance batteries your scions your rough riders sentinels maybe there might be more to that but it's, yeah, generally it's things that aren't going to be like Baneblade sized. Um, Which and, makes sense, right? Yeah. And and people look at this and go, wow, that's really, really powerful. You get to, you know, get a whole extra unit. You're suddenly playing with more points than other people have. It's like, well, if you think about it, you're paying two CP and you're maybe getting back like 20 infantry. Let's go back yes. a little bit to your Tyranids who for one CP were getting roughly about 10 infantry back. 2CP is roughly about 20 infantry pack. Suddenly they're pretty balanced. And, and also it's worth saying, the wording says just destroyed. Yeah, now My reading of that is you need to do it, like as I say, you, need, you can do it in any phase, but you need to do it on one, I guess there's, that's where there might be question about well, what has just destroyed me. Yeah. What you can't, because again, to, to the point about scarcity of CP, you can't just wait and go, oh, like, you know, fifth battle round, oh, I've suddenly got two CP because I didn't spend any. Oh, I'll just return that unit of, you know, random yeah. guardsmen. We'll see if there's any sort of restrictions today, on right? that. But yeah, it's... it's yeah. But I, what it's sort of intending to do, it's like, oh, a thing just got shot off the table, cool, I can return it back. Yes. But we'll, we'll so, see what they mean by just in, in maybe any FAQs in, or anything that they, they add. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, moving on to Chaos Demons, otherwise known as the Legions of the Dark Gods. I don't know why I'm singing it, but I just imagine again they're a bit <laughs> like a sort of like Legions of the Dark Gods sounds like sounds like a, an album name to me. Legions of the Dark Gods. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they have an army rule which is called the Shadow of Chaos. That's the band name. There you go, Shadow of Chaos. Yeah. it's like a John Peel <laughs> episode, isn't it? Next up, it's uh, Shadow of Chaos with their number one album, Legions of the Dark Gods. Um, so this one says essentially, if your army is Chaos Demons, Legion is Demonica, um, then certain areas of the battlefield are considered to be within your army's Shadow of Chaos. And this one is a little bit more complicated than some of the others, so we'll talk about it. Uh, which is your deployment zone is always within your Shadow of Chaos uh, at the start of any phase. If you control at least half of the objective markers within No Man's Land until the end of that phase, no. No man's land is within your army's shadow chaos so 
control the objectives, No Man's Land becomes part of it. You don't control more than, or you don't control uh, half of them. Then you know you don't get it. Simple as that. And then at the start of any phase, if you control at least half of the objective markers within your opponent's deployment zone until the end of that phase, your opponent's deployment zone is within your army's shadow of chaos. So control objectives other than in your deployment zone, and you get this thing, the shadow of chaos. This yeah, bonus. basically. What do- yeah, you bring yeah. this darkness with you, and it pushes out as you push out. Exactly. And what does that allow you to do? Well, it allows you to do a couple of things. First of all, Demonic Manifestation, which is while uh, a Demon's Unit, again, I won't say Legion is Demonica every time, but while a Demon's Unit uh, from your army is within your army's Shadow of Chaos, each time that unit takes Battleshock Test, add one to the test, and if it's passed, one model in the unit gains up to D3 Lost Wounds. If it's a Battle Line unit and test is passed, up to D3 Destroyed Models can be returned to the unit instead. So yeah, if you have to take Battleshock Tests, you get models back potentially as long as you pass and you get a bonus to help you try and pass. And also Demonic Terror, which is kind of like, again, we're seeing a lot of play around with Battleshock here. The opposite, while an enemy unit is within your army Shadow of Chaos, each time that unit takes a Battleshock test, subtract one. And if the test is failed, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So again, if you're in your Shadow of Chaos, you get help passing Battleshock and you can get some wounds or some models back. If your enemy is within your Shadow of Chaos and they have to take a Battleshock, it's harder and they can suffer damage simple you know opposite sides of the coin on that one nice and it's kind of a little bit reminiscent of other army rules we've seen of like with necrons you know healing up d3 wounds just as they did but this one's a little bit more conditional you have to pass a battle shock you get help doing so um but on the flip side it's it's not guaranteed well uh because of that difference you then get the ability to do some mortal wounds to the enemy so exactly a little bit of balancing there but it broadly broadly sort of on par yeah, it's nice. It shows the chaos. It's also chaos quite thematic that you've got like this whole sort of like advancing sort of darkness and gloom that the people are trying to fight back against as the sort of horde of demons come out yeah. of the sky. <laughs> Shit's getting weird, man. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, stop getting wrong. So, and, and to go along with that, the, the, the detachment rule, and we can see the detachment is called Demonic Incursion, which again could easily be uh, a band name. Um, it's called Warp Rifts, and basically this is uh, each time a, a demon's unit of your army is set up on the battlefield using the Deep Strike ability, if it is set up wholly within um, your army's Shadow of Chaos, Again, which we scrolled above, it can be set up anywhere that is more than six inches horizontally away from all enemy models instead of more than nine. So basically, you're coming closer, a bit like the current which leadership manifestation. Very have. powerful. They already have something similar to this, but this is just simplifying it down, as we've seen with a lot of the 10th previews. They're taking the core of what they have and just making it a little bit simpler and easier to use. Six inch deep strikes are very powerful because that's. As long as the charging rules stay the same, that's a yeah, six-inch charge, which is good. a lot more reliable. And the entire army can deep strike, by the way, so it's yeah. good. What, what, um, what's that? Where's good. that bloodthirster popping up? Six inches away? <laughs> oh, no. Um, Scarbrand <laughs> doesn't have to walk to battle. He just appears and then charges. Yeah, turns up um and the other thing i think everybody who knows anything about chaos demons is probably quite always a chaos faction is quite kind of uh is is concerned about they did show off here which is their other army rule which is called demonic pact um which is essentially that if every model in your army so for example let's just say my world eaters or death guard but we'll say rich's death guard or your alpha legion for example um have the chaos keyword or my chaos knights um you can include demons units in your army even if they even if they do not have the faction keyword you selected in the select army faction step the combined points cost of the units you can include depends on your battle size as follows basically incursion so uh, anything up to a thousand points you can put 250 points of demons in strike force 
2,000 point game, anything up to 500 points, or Onslaught up to 3,000 points, you can put up to 750 points in. So basically, 25% of your army, if you're Chaos, can be made of demons. And uh, none of them. It's a really nice, easy way. It's a nice, easy way to sort of just. They did this um, in the last edition or ninth edition, uh, where it's just like, cool, they're just an extra powered variety that you choose rather than having this extra summoning mechanic, which could always changes and it's always a bit interesting to see how those rules interact nope they're just part of your army and guess what they've all got deep strike anyway yeah and 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 this is good for a whole bunch of reasons which i'll get into just a second so the restrictions on this are none of them could be your warlord the demons models obviously because you are not a demons army you are a chaos army of some some flavor um and they cannot be given any enhancements and we know that enhancements are the sort of warlord traits relic equivalents that that ability that units will have an ability to take so they can't have any of those and then obviously we get into the different faction specific bits which are quite important we should touch on those uh, if you're world eaters you can only take corn uh, if you're thousands of you can only take zinc if you're death guard you can only take nurgle and if this one this is the mm, i can smell something coming mm, mm-hmm. i can taste it on the wind uh, because this <laughs> is the the uh, the the nominally empress children one but it says if your warlord is lucius the eternal you can only include Slanesh, right? Which is really well, interesting because they haven't... Oh, go on. Yeah, we, we don't have Emperor's Children yet, do we? Yeah, if they're taking yeah, away yeah, sub-factions, yeah. then we don't have Emperor's Children. Exactly. But it does suggest that maybe, maybe, just maybe, we'll see something for them in future, given that they focused it really it's... on... Lucius the it's Eternal pretty world. clear that eventually we're going to get an Emperor. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's like me saying there will be space. <laughs> not tra- like not controversial. Yeah, um, um, but what I was going to say about about this rule that I really like is the other thing it does away with is uh, patrols. You know, because because the way army building works yeah. now, what's quite up, you might look at that and go, oh, I, I can take five hundred points of demons. Well, it's not that much, depending on how much they cost. We don't know. If you but just want plague bearers, just take plague bearers. If you just want a couple of uh, a couple of blood blood thirsters take a couple of bloodthirsters again we don't know what restrictions yeah. they'll have right but you can in theory as long as you can fit them in you can do it you don't need to worry take about being like also, i need to take I, troops yeah also it doesn't break your army faction bonuses so you've still got no. those you don't get the demons ones but you still have your world eaters ones or whatever and also i really like that the for world eaters thousands on death guard and lucius eternal it has to be your themed demons. You can't just be an Empress Children army that takes Zinch Flamers because they're really good right now. You yeah, actually have to there take... Was, there, was, there was some weird interpretation of the ninth rules that allowed you to do that. And I was just like, that's yeah. nonsense. It's like, what? Yeah, no. this, is, this is much simpler. It's easy to follow. If you're a themed army, you take themed demons. Exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, they showed off the Keeper of Secrets spoiler fast yep. combat monster very <laughs> nasty uh they showed off bellacore he yep. got better uh somehow yep. which he's, is which he's is... great the key thing here though is he brings uh the shadow of chaos, shadow of chaos with, with him. him it is he has so... his little tesco bag with him he's, exactly he's... yeah he just pops it out there it is uh, and then he brings in scarbrand to join him <laughs> yeah, then, yeah then brings in scarbrand next to him as he's done a lot yeah, so if you played Demons in 9th Edition and you thought, oh, it's fine, they've got rid of that now. Nah, yeah, no, nah, Bellicor's still doing his <laughs> nonsense. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't quite teleport across the battlefield, but he brings the Shadow of Chaos with him, which I really like. Uh, and then to go along with that, I believe, yeah, the stratagem is then being able to have that sort of sticky objective, but it also be um, bring the, the Shadow of Chaos. So suddenly that objective marker turns into this sort of like nexus corrupted um corrupted real space 
uh, of your Shadow of Chaos. So you can put it on different objectives. So if you can't hold most objectives in your No Man's Land to bring it across, bring the Shadow of Chaos across all of No Man's Land, you can corrupt a specific objective and then have Bailcore somewhere else doing it. So people have been saying, oh, it might be a bit hard to control all those, those objectives. You've got other ways to, to yeah. bring your Shadow of Chaos with you. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then you can use that again because it's within the Shadow Chaos to start manifesting units and kind of dropping them in real close. Exactly. Is, so there's synergy built into how the army plays. And I'm glad that they showed off that synergy in this preview rather than that being hidden in the book and people being a, feeling, feeling a little bit underwhelmed. Yes. Yeah. So moving swiftly on to the from the, the deeply unwholesome and unholy to the holy... The Adeptus Sororitas, <laughs> who slightly disappointingly, I was hoping they'd get like a kind of, a, you know, again, this little description they give on the art of like warriors of the faith or something, but they just got the sisters of battle. I mean, it, it yeah. says what they are. They are the sisters. And they like a bit of battle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so very straightforward. Rule, this is just who they are. Yeah, we, we could we could we could we could skip to this one real quick because uh, yeah. their army rule is miracle dice it's acts yeah. of faith it's it's similar these. but there are some key differences um there but are. if you already know yeah. miracle dice they're basically miracle dice um there's restrictions of you can't replace both dice in a roll anymore so if mm. you have like two sixes you can't do a 12 inch charge anymore um but you do get to use it um every i think it's instead of like one unit per phase it's any unit can use them, but that unit can only use one per phase. So you get to use a lot more Miracle Dice. And as we'll see going through, there are a lot more ways to generate Miracle generate Dice. Them. Yeah. So you, the, 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 the basic generation is start of the turn, anytime a unit is destroyed, which is actually what the uh, Martyred Lady used to be. It was anytime an Adeptus yeah. unit is destroyed, whereas the base army rule was start of the turn in the command phase, and then certain units had a data sheet ability like like the yeah. that generated it when they died. So it's quite cool. It's kind of yeah. And then I think the correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you used to generate when you would usually just kill something? Where now uh, that's oh, yeah, more yeah. Sorry, of a, it was, yeah, yeah. Kill, when you killed stuff as well. Yeah. When you killed something, which. It is missing from this, but we'll see it a little bit later on. So it is still there, but it's only on certain units. Yes. Uh, and then their detachment rule, which I'm, I think is very cool. Again, drawing quite a bit on, on our martyred lady is Blood of Martyrs. Uh, basically, it means anytime uh, an Adeptus model from your army uh, makes an attack, it gets plus one to the hit roll if the model's unit is below starting strength. Um, and if the model's unit is below half strength, you add one to the wound roll. So um, essentially, it means that if you start taking damage or models start dying, uh, then you get bonuses. And it, I should say as well, it makes very clear on this that they this applies to your vehicles as well, because it says if a, a unit has a starting strength of one, so for example, like a Rhino or an Exorcist, then it's considered yeah. to be below starting strength while it has lost one or more wounds. So you shoot my Exorcist, you do a bit of plink, a bit of damage off it. It's getting plus one to hit straight away, baby. I'm very happy yeah. with that. <laughs> Well, see, this is an interesting one because I've seen some people looking at this being like, wow, that's really powerful. It's really easy to get these bonuses. But then I've heard the opposite from other Sisters players who go, well, Sisters are usually pretty fragile, so you're either alive or dead, so you won't get to use this as yeah. much. Yeah. But it, also remember, it, it, it this is, is one of the many detachments that they'll get. So like, if you're not yeah. a fan of this one, there'll be other ones that you can play later on when the Codex comes out. Exactly, exactly, and, and uh, yeah, I completely agree. It is a mixed bag. That the the my counter to people who are like, oh, because it were I did see people like, oh, it's broken. It's like 
come on, mate, they're they're T three units, right? With a six yeah, it's like okay, cool. Time, like but... you you've killed you know five out of my eight yeah. repenture. Of there's three less, they get plus one to wound or on the three that I have. Well, well, also it's like sisters are a trading army, right? The the, the yeah. thing you learn with sisters if you step them out, they'll the idea is they kill more points than they're worth because they will die, right? There's yeah. there's very little <laughs> you can do about that. But again, you get the bonus unit from your army dies, you get a miracle dice, so it's quite yeah. nice, you know. Which means that like yeah, as a trading army, if you have a remnant of a unit, usually that's not very good to trade with because there's only a couple left. Now they're still useful. Exactly. Exactly. Um, they showed off Triads of Catherine. I won't go into it. it. Looks really good. Gives you lots of bonuses. Gives lots you of auras. It looks yeah. very nice. Gives you. Gives it you also like keys into, into six. Yeah. Yeah. Turning miracle dice into sixes. All these different things that um, key into how the army is played. And I think then moving on to the Battle Sister Squad, the big thing, and I th- we, we see this in another couple of previews, but you have a these sort of troop or battle line units have an ability that ties into your army rule, which I absolutely love. Basically, if your sisters are on an objective, they generate a miracle dice. But it's the battle sister squad, so you have to take these battle line units, which thematically you should be doing because they're the troops of your army, and putting them on objectives, and they'll generate your miracle dice. So in order for your army to sort of keep churning and gaining those miracle dice and using them and be at maximum efficiency, you have to take these quote-unquote slightly less killy efficiency units, Mm. but they make your army work better. And I think that's a really nice incentive to take battle line units. Um, And it's baked into the core of how the army works. And I really love that. And and again, like the the sister's data sheet gives you loads of ways to generate miracle dice. You can stick yeah. a cherub in them. If you if you then use the act of faith, use a miracle dice on them, you get one back for instantly, yeah. which is really good. Um, as you say, if they're near the objective market, they get a miracle dice. And also, if you give them the simulacrum, which I've got loads of simulacrums, never use them really because cool they were models. just a bit rubbish and they were expensive and they're really cool yeah. models. Uh, each time a unit is destroyed, uh, each time a unit is destroyed by the bearer's unit, you get a miracle dice. So there's your kill stuff, get a miracle dice back, right? Yeah, that's um, really so- good. One thing as well I want to point out on Miracle Dice is a lot of people were saying with the new changes of rules that ones aren't really useful anymore because you used to use them for morale. There may be ways to change the result of one into something else in the book that we haven't seen yet. We've seen something similar for Eldar, which we'll get to in a, in a minute. Um, but you've got cherubs. So it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll shoot this bolter or this bolt pistol, use a one, it misses, but then I get to reroll it. So there are some ways to still get around having those low results, but also we haven't seen the full rules, so those low results still may be useful for something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then they made me very happy because they showed off the Exorcist having indirect fire back built in, which is lovely, because the Exorcist yeah. not having indirect fire or having to pay 2 CP to do it, it just made it rubbish. Uh, so basically now I can yeah. shoot out a line of sight. It's really good. I really yeah, like and that. We, it's we also see the... Yeah, we also see the indirect fire um, rule, which is basically as it is before, um, but there's less stacking of bonuses, so you get the benefit of cover rather than reducing the AP. Um, but also the Exorcist has ignores cover on on some of it, uh, on one of its profiles, and also it has heavy, so it has the plus one, so it can kind of ignore yeah. that and still operate at efficiency. I must say, the one thing I'm interested in is whether this is profiles or whether this is... Because at the moment, right, and sorry to focus on sisters too much, I, I know I shouldn't, but, you know, I can't help myself. Um, yeah. One of the issues with the Exorcist at the moment is that you have to pick. 
So you have to pick: is it armed with the conflagration rockets or the or the regular missile? Yeah, launcher, right. It's so, not a sw- it's not a profile like it is on a lot of armies. And on this preview, I, I feel they like it's got the little. Yeah, they, they haven't got, got the little, the little tabs one. to yeah. to for pick one. I feel like there will be separate choices you make in the army building uh, phase <laughs> for one reason, and that's because there's different models or like different missiles. I think that you put in the, there are. the yeah, tubes, there are, which and it's the same stupid. with the space rain whirlwinds. There are different missiles, so to go with that, they'll probably make you have different profiles that you choose in army building. Nonsense. Nonsense. Simplify it. Make it they did it, they did it to the, the Votan buggy thing. Do it to this yeah, one. Yeah. Simplify it. Save for the world. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's my, that's my grouch. <laughs> um, yeah, they showed off showed off the uh, lots of illumination for Morven Vile. She looks really good. Yep. On the stratagem front, uh, one CP for Rejoice the Fallen, um, which is basically in uh, shooting phase or your opponent's shooting phase after an enemy unit has resolved its attacks. You pick one of your um, Adept Sorotus uh, units that had one or more models destroyed as a result of the attacking unit's attacks, and then your unit just shoots them. So it's very similar to uh, Reactive Reprisal, uh, for the Votan, which is a strategy which has a lot of uses. It's one CP. It has some key differences, though. Um, it do. This... It do indeed. So we'll get to it in a sec, but the Votan, I think, is two CP, while well, this is one, but this one requires uh, a models to be destroyed rather than just wounds taken or having been shot at, Yeah. which means yeah. that it's a lot less useful for, say, your Exorcist, because if your Exorcist is destroyed, this isn't shoot on death, it's whoever's left can shoot. So exactly. you're shooting with a reduced unit, uh, quite good in retributors. If you, it, it actually incentivizes you to take larger units, which is nice. Um, and then whatever's left can shoot. So there's some restrictions to it, and you may only have like two multi melters in that squad left. So it, yeah, it's only one CP. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I just, I like it. I think it looks really cool. Um, yeah. So let, let's move definitely on. leaning move into on. the martyr sort of theme with sisters. Yes. Definitely, yeah. So, so less less bloody rose, more uh, master lady, which is kind of interesting. So, moving on to what we just talked about, which is the leagues of Votan, who get a catchphrase as theirs, which is "the void is in our veins." Cool. <laughs> uh, they they definitely have better catchphrases in that book. Like, there's that. Yeah. I think one of them is now, a strategy. I think the, out of all on. of them, this has probably been the most controversial. Yeah, it has. I've seen a lot of moaning about as this. we um, touched on before, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So their <laughs> army rule for Leagues of Otan is Eye of the Ancestors. So basically, it's judgment tokens, uh, which is any time uh, an enemy unit destroys a Leagues of Otan unit from your army, it gains a judgment token. Uh, an enemy unit can never have more than two judgment tokens, and any further ones are uh, ignored. And then if a unit has judgment tokens on it, depending on the number, it has one or two. Again, it's capped at two, no more three plus. You get a bonus for every for one judgment token. You add one to the hit roll. And for two, you add one to the hit roll and add one to the wound roll. So no more auto wounding, none of that nonsense. Yep. It's just bonuses to hit, bonuses to wound, um, which are quite cool. Eminent yeah. threat, and now only only one and two judgment tokens. So like it caps at two. There's a lot less ways to generate them. They're not just automatically going to be hanging them out everywhere, and they're much more limited bonuses, but still very effective bonuses with plus one to hit and wound. Like this is what it should have been all all along because i when votan came out they're a bit too powerful and will <laughs> this this preview definitely turns them down yeah, but absolutely. their rules were like like stuff like this was fun- fundamentally very thematic and it was like oh that's really cool i love the whole judgment mechanic i just wasn't done quite right in ninth 
now it feels like it's done right. Yeah. And then linked to that, you have their detachment rule for the oath band detachment, which is uh, called ruthless efficiency. And essentially what you do is you pick a unit from your opponent's army, automatically gets two judgment tokens, right? So it starts the game with two. And then at the start of any of your command phases, if the enemy unit is destroyed, you gain a number of CP, depending on how early in the battle you destroyed it, uh, as shown below. Uh, in the table. So, in other words, if you destroy it by the start of your first or second command phase, I don't know how you would destroy it at the start of your first command phase, but nonetheless, you get three CP. If, if there, there are, so, it's your command phase, so if you're going second and they did a first turn charge, oh, yeah, yeah, then you yeah, destroy yeah, fair it. Fair play, fair play. Yep. Um, unit destroyed by the start of your third or fourth command phase, you gain two CP, and unit destroyed by the start of your fifth command phase, you gain one CP. Now, people have moaned about this. I think it's actually quite good for two reasons. One, Again, getting CP, any CP, is good if your strategy is quite then good. The and new edition. the stratagems are going to be quite good in the new edition because it's a limited number, but more useful. And also, the instinct with this immediately is to do a bit like the Oath of Moment instinct, right? For the Space Marines, is you go, oh, what's your biggest, toughest, nastiest unit? I want to have the things on that, right? So I get my bonuses on that. I don't think that's how you play this. I well, think, see, I think this is you go... You go, go oh, I'm going to put, oh, oh, you've got some little infiltrating unit that's come forward. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to judge them. I'm gonna, I know I can kill them because I've now got all these bonuses against them. Oh, I just got three CP or I just got two CP, right? Then I can spend that on doing other stuff, right? Well, here's the thing. There, I think there are multiple different ways to use this and there's actually yeah, some course, tactical yeah. depth in it because, yeah, you can put it on that little infiltrating unit. They could then just run that infiltrating unit away. You don't get CP, but that's taking that unit out of the game. So if there was something, say, like um, Blood Angels Death Company that are just going to run at you, they're going to run at you as quickly as possible, you could put it on them because mm. then you're going to get your CP pretty early or they're not going to be able to use their Death Company unit, which wants to be running forward and getting in. Or you can add it, or you can put it on something, say, like Mortarian, going, that's a big thing to kill, and I need to kill that, and I probably need to kill it pretty quickly. So I'm going to get my plus one to hit and plus one to wound, thank you, and that will make it a lot easier to take down. I may not take it down right away, so I may get less AP, but taking it down and having those bonuses is what I need to win this game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, there's a lot more flexibility to it than I think people have, 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 have looked at it and thought about. Yeah. Um, they, they they showed the Hearthkin Warriors uh, data slate, and, and they are, um, I think they're quite cool. They still have all their weapon options. Yep. They give you a, a sticky objective thing, again, called Luck, luck Has, Need Keeps, Toil Earns, great phrase from the book. Um, and they also have a lot of war gear abilities around, like, getting ignores cover still. They can, you know, again... Use bearers unit stuff gets used stratagem roll a d6 on a five up you gain yeah, one there's some ignores cover in there feel no pain six up that's yeah. quite good i think um, there are a couple of key changes though from what people are currently used to yeah first of all the armor of contempt rule that they have reducing ap it's gone it's gone yeah uh also they don't turn off free rolls anymore and like we've discussed before that's good for not having like feels bad of like ignoring other people's rules um but in uh compensation for that they've gone up to toughness five uh with a four plus save which is a profile that doesn't really exist that much in the game so it actually gives them a nice sort of medium yeah. sort of place to sort of exist in and then the next thing uh to also look at is their ballistic skill is four plus but you have to remember yeah. with judge tokens it goes up to three plus exactly the same as exactly. necrons 
exactly exactly and 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 again this was this was one of this that comment i made earlier about someone like having a reaction and then changing their mind again as we'll see in the next couple of previews and also thinking about it the necrons um the comment that i saw someone make on reddit was they said i was really annoyed about the four plus but actually it looks like four plus is now the standard yeah right in the I, way that it, three plus was be the like, standard previously which is nice is yeah 50 50 you know it means that like space marines and other sort of highly trained warriors like sister battles or eldar are more elite, hitting yeah. on three plus actually reflects their highly trained nature yeah where if you're just getting like people that are more sort of like oh i've got really technologically advanced weapons but i'm maybe not as skilled using them like tau or or votan or if you just grunt um sort of people that you put on the battlefield like Ashra yeah. Tarum, you're heading on four plus so like i it's it's not just a game of like oh everyone's hitting on threes it's like no there's actually some stratification here that's happening Agreed, agreed. The the only one of these where I am in a bit of the like, come on, this is a bit dumb camp, right? Is uh, is the Magna Rail, uh, which is now eighteen inch range, and I'm like, how is a how is a mag how is like a Magna rifle, you know, like a like a railgun <laughs> rifle, the same range as a Space Marine heavy bolt pistol? That to me, that that's the only one where I'm a bit like, well, I can we kind of see why we've seen a heavy bolt it. pistol <laughs> with that Magna. Well, yeah, well. but okay, yeah, again, so I'm look, I'm, yeah. I'm a hypocrite, right? I'm doing the thing I was yeah, telling yeah. you, right? You keep doing, but it. It was it was quite a funny one where people have been making these memes where they're like it's you know maybe it's because it's small yeah, it, it feels it's like a little bit weird a, dwar- a little dwarf guy right it's like yeah but at the same time it seems like most melt weapons like multi melters seem to be now sort of that eighteen inch range yeah yeah that's no, that's fair that's fair makes actually a big difference because you can't like deep strike or have them come in from strategic reserves and be immediately be in melter range so it's it's a nice balance mechanic even though it's a shorter range it, it yeah it's much muchness they'll still be great but they're bit harder to use yeah the magna rail rifle also hits on a five plus which i think is quite funny because they've clearly got oh that's a bit much <laughs> although being heavy now of course you don't lose anything for moving it's just if you stand yeah still, I, you the, the, the thing I've, I've seen people more recently talk about this is that um they i think they should have pathfinders and they have bit better rail rifles or rail guns yeah um and some foot and um players were grumbling a bit because like oh why does tau get better shooting weapons than us it's like well maybe because they're the they only have shooting you've got some combat units and yeah, yeah. half your range like there's you're probably going to get more like a range expansion eventually when you get a new codex like tau only have shooting they're probably going to be yeah. a bit better than you at shooting agreed um they also showed off the hecaton um and that's yep. still pretty chunky still um, looks like a chunky pretty good tank it's again its weapons are a little bit you know all ballistic skill four plus across the board um they're a little bit shorter range some of them um the heavy magna rail cannon i think is further yeah but but, importantly it doesn't have a roll to hit and then you're dead it's you still have to roll a wound on most stuff yeah you still have to roll a wound yeah yeah. a lot of the Um, ignores and vulnerable saves seems to have now become devastating wounds which does still ignore and vulnerable save you just need to roll that six to wound yeah it's also quite fun it has this fire support rule which basically says uh after the the hecaton itself has shot um you select an enemy unit it's got one or more hits against which is you know it's just hits i mean that seems pretty doable until the end of the phase anytime a friendly unit that disembarked from the transport this turn makes an attack you can re-roll the wound roll it's quite cool nice you can just get a bunch of Arthkin warriors out and do a bit of synergy do a bit of shooting um importantly and some people will miss this when they first read through it it's just shooting phase guys 
exactly exactly um the and then on the stratagem front i won't talk about the conversion beam or all that it's yeah. cool but we could focus on that later um and their one is is reactive reprisal which is what i sort of referred to in its current form earlier being quite similar to the sisters one as you said this is tcp now um and it's basically um leagues of tan unit etc is, is selected as a target and it can shoot as if it were your shooting phase just has to target the unit so yeah. nice and easy it's like uh, you shoot us no we shoot you yeah, which is what, what's in, yeah. what's interesting. It, about it's this much is, more useful on tanks, which with the Hecton Land Fortress is a big deal, which is why it's two CP. What I would also say is quite interesting about this is that it doesn't have the restriction that Reactive Reprisal currently does in the Votan book, which is that you can't then it, it, that one says you cannot then shoot in your subsequent shooting phase. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot more reactions coming into the game, but they don't stop you doing what you usually do on your turn. Exactly. Right then, uh, on to the next one, uh, which is the T-shirt I am wearing right now, even though this is an audible medium and no one can actually see, which is <laughs> World Eaters. Uh, and they get blood for the blood god. Yes. Yes. Um, also features what I think, uh, if you go on the Warcom page and have a look at this, I think this is like the coolest photo they've ever done of the models, which is like Angron cool. emerging in a glowing red battlefield as the, uh, the the World Eaters fight the Orcs. It just looks sick. Um, so their army rule is quite cool. It's the Blessings of Corn. So this one, essentially, at the start of the battle round, you roll 8d6, and uh, you can then use whatever you get on those dice to activate up to two uh, Blessings. And it's up to, you don't have to activate two, but up to Blessings of Corn from the Blessings of Corn list. Uh, so this is the replacement for your Blood Tithe points. And it's a little bit like the Warp Storm effect that the demons currently have yeah. in Ninth Edition, if people are familiar with that. Yeah. Um, so you're basically spending either doubles or triples to get abilities. Yeah, and the the abilities, by the way, are really good. So yeah, you've got they're exactly um, what you want. <laughs> yeah, rage fueled invigoration goes off on any double. Add two inches to the move characteristic. Wrathful devotion goes off on any double. Uh, models in the unit have the feel no pain. Feel no pain. Feel no pain. Feel no pain. Six possibility. <laughs> if they already have a feel no pain ability, you just add one to their feel no pain rolls. So that could get Very kind nice. of crazy depending on the units. Martial excellence on any double three plus roll. Uh, melee weapons uh, equipped by models in the unit have sustained hits one exploding sixes um the total carnage is double four plus or any triple which is each time a model in the unit is destroyed uh, on a four plus it can just fight so fight on death four plus across the entire army yeah, yes including it, it's, Angron. it's only four plus but it's the entire, entire army. army which is just scary um yeah. warp blades which is double five plus or any triple uh melee weapons equipped by the models you have lethal hits so that is the sixes auto wound i believe um, which is again, oh, yes. pretty nasty and then finally uh, this one is just bonkers which is unbridled bloodlust which is a double six or any triple four plus so obviously a little bit harder to roll uh, this yeah. unit is eligible to declare a charge in a turn in which it advanced which for a combat army like world eaters is just amazing Imagine yeah. Ang again it's the entire army so Angron if you roll this at the start of your turn Angron <laughs> can advance and it spoiler he already moves pretty far and then just charge right you are not yeah. getting away from him he is going to cause problems um again I think when people saw this there was a bit of whining because I don't think people had quite realized what your likelihood is to get these things yeah. on when rolling 8d6 you will get a double right you will yeah. get a double so yeah so it's very eight minimal. dice there are six faces on a die. By definition, you're guaranteed to get either two doubles, which is all you can use anyway, or a triple. And the triple abilities are pretty powerful. So you're yeah. going to get something good, and you're 
you've got a very good likelihood of getting at least two. What, what I like about this is you, you've done this using like maths and statistics. What I did was I just got a dice tray and just rolled. <laughs> and and yeah, Rich yeah. has seen the video. I posted them in our like WhatsApp chat. I just rolled a bunch of dice about seven or eight times, right? Rolled the eight dice and just was looking at Let's what say I it get was eight out times. of them. Yeah, I, I think I think to be fair, I did it. I did it about seven times in a dice tray, and because my dice tray has got like the felt on the bottom's gone a bit funky, yeah. I then rolled it on a flat surface, as this was pointed out to me, and I was like, "Fine, I'll roll it on a flat surface." Similar results. You are, yeah. you are, you are pretty likely to get all of these, except unbridled bloodlust is a bit harder to get, but it's still not and, different. And one actually. one other ability that will come to later, and there are ways <laughs> <One> to <laughs> justice yeah. that will come to later. But yeah, yeah it, it's um, it's actually like. So you double six, if you get a six in that, or you get your triple and it's a four plus, that's advanced charge. And if you get um, any other double, suddenly moving plus two inches and advancing and charging. Yeah. That's, there are some that's spicy a pretty combos spicy, spicy combos. Uh, it's a spicy but like, meatball, like yeah. Unlo- so f- if you're just looking at this being like, oh, but how much do I actually really get out of it? If you get two doubles, which is you're either getting that or a triple, guaranteed even if all you do the entire game is just get two doubles every turn and they're really low you add two move to everything in your army and everything your army gets six hours feel no pain yeah exactly that's fantastic and and the fact you do this every turn as well means that or every battle round means that you so uh, here's the key you get to change the abilities yeah here's a key difference as well is old people some people really liked how blood tithe worked because the more blood that gets spilled, the more powerful your army gets. It's very thematic. Yeah. But at the beginning of the game, nothing had died yet, so you didn't get any bonuses. This is every single turn. Yeah, so you'll get something. Yeah, exactly. And and people know to try and backline against World Eaters, because World Eaters are going to yeah. come at you and fight you, right? So it's 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 really good. Um, Corn Berserkers, touch on them very quickly. Uh, they lost a little bit of AP, which we've seen across the entire game yep. in their weapons. Um, I think still... attack as well. Yeah, an attack as well, but still very good. But I would say we haven't seen the detachment rule for um for for the for the uh, yeah, that's quite true. We've only seen the army rule, so we don't know what that would give. And obviously, at the moment, the the warriors get the like plus one strength and uh, plus one uh, attack on the charge, right? Which is which is pretty big. Um, what the um corn berserkers do do is they do still have blood surge, so unit gets shot. Yep. You can roll a d6 and, and move, basically, if a unit cool. model in the unit is destroyed. And you can move Cross, into engagement Crossing the range, table has always is... been the primary concern of a world of army, so this helps. Yep. yep, and you can move into engagement range, which is quite cool. Uh, and uh, in terms of war gear, if you give them an icon of corn, uh, again, much much cool, much cooler than it perhaps it used to be, because each time you make a Blessings of Corn roll, if the bearer's unit is within range of an objective marker you control, you can re-roll one of the dice. So if you have two two sixes sitting there, you go, oh, I've got some berserkers sitting next to an objective. I might re-roll one of those. And bear in mind, your army's going to be made up of a lot of berserkers. You can do that with multiple re-rolls. And that's important because that's when we get to Angron. It's just the and coolest. Just, just, bef- just before oh, we go on to Angron, I'll just say that I really like this. Like with Sisters, it incentivizes you to take those battle line units, those core, what should be the core of your army, and gives you a reward for it. Exactly. But exactly. now we can uh, move on to your the angriest of runs. Oh, oh, he's so good. So he, he lost a bit of movement. He's gone down to 14 inches from 16 inches. He got much But you tougher. get that back he's... if your blood surge. If, if you get the we two get inches. With your, with your blessings of corn. Yep. Uh, yep, he, yep. He's T11. So he's, he's a Primarch. He's much more dangerous. Oh, he's 16 wounds now. 16. Yep. So no more T7, 18 wounds. 
T11, 16 wounds. Still very good. He's got a 2 plus save. He's got 5 up leadership for his battleship rolls. He's got an objective control of 6. So plop him down on the objective with 5 space marines Not if bad. they somehow survive. Um, oh wait, they've got OC <laughs> of 2. So no, he'll, he, he'll, we will need to kill some of them. Oh, which is only fine. Only if they're Angron likes killing. Yeah, Angron likes killing, right? Um, yeah, he, and he he's now got a lot of attacks. Not not quite thirty six attacks, but he's got eighteen no. now. But they're double the damage, so it, it's yeah, basically the same. Damage two. He's got eighteen damage two strength eight attacks. That's pretty filthy. Um, <laughs> he's also got d six d six plus two damage on his big attack, which is not d three plus three, but it's so it's it's less reliable at the base, but it gives you more opportunity to do more damage. Actually, yeah. Across and we've the seen lethality level. like drop across the board anyway, so this is still yeah. good. Yeah, it's still it's still pretty. He's nasty. still going with the part of tank. It's it's strength 16 like he'll be fine um he has some cool auras that he can turn on basically adding plus ones to hit he can add to add to attacks yeah. characteristic as well um if a unit's below starting strength world eaters um and uh you know re-roll hit rolls as well so again really good aura abilities he can fly um he explodes when he dies he's got the deadly yeah, demise yeah. rule like a Th- there's there's one mechanic that you haven't yet touched on, but you're very excited I'm, I'm about. Getting I'm getting to it. I'm getting to <laughs> it, right? Um, so, Angron, much as before, he can come back. But the way you yeah. do it now is that if you make Blessings of Corn Roll um, and there are three sixes, so it's a triple six, you can then bring him back. And you know what? He comes back with full wounds remaining. So it's not like Which... now is insane yeah, yeah, which is crackers <laughs> right because it's not like now where he comes back with eight wounds right and, and yeah, then yeah. degrades a little bit right now he it's harder to get again oh, yeah, subject yeah. to those rerolls think, and stuff. Think with no rerolls i think it was like something like a 13 percent chance which is not not gonna happen that often especially because it probably takes a turn or two or three or more for them to kill angron so you've got less of a chance but if you put those Zerkas on those objectives, suddenly that chance begins to climb and yeah. you'll have games where he drops only to come back again the next turn and wreck face. Yeah, it's 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 really nice. It's really thematic and it just makes him again, he's harder to kill now as well, so he's still he can deep strike. Yeah. He's 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 just pretty nasty. Um and and before we talk about World Eaters Forever, because I could, um, I, w- I will skip over the Demon Gore <laughs> Cannon from the um, Thomas the Angry Tank yep, Engine. Yep, sure, um, the, the stratagem for them is really cool. It's Blood Offerings. This is the Berserker mm, Warband. It's a great stratagem. Right? So we know the detachment is called Berserker Warband. We just haven't seen the rules for it yet. Um, and basically, this one is any phase, uh, you get a World Eaters unit from your army. So any army that was just destroyed while it was in range of the objective marker you controlled. Use the stratagem on the unit, even though it's been destroyed, and the objective marker remains under your control, even if you have no models within range of it. So basically, yeah. if you've got like a little spawn running around on an objective, and they go, oh, "I'm going to kill that spawn," <laughs> and you're going to lose that objective, ha 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 ha! You go, "Aha, my friend! One CP blood offering, kill my spawn. I keep my objective anyway." So it gives you the ability to it's move around nice. the board a bit more and not have to worry about like necessarily holding objectives in the way that yeah. you. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, basically you want to be ch- always be charging. <laughs> anyway, yeah, ABC, ABC always be charging. <laughs> always be charging um, also features as you say as i'll scroll down the features the other my other favorite bit of art from the world it is codex which is like angron emerging like godzilla out of a wall of fire into the hapless imperium oh i love yeah, it yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway moving All moving right. swiftly on because i'm conscious of time we'll run through these super quick so yeah admech the priesthood of war priesthood of wars no that's the orcs the priesthood of mars zero zero one 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 zero zero one um 
they have the Doctrina Imperatives Army rule, um, which basically means to start of the battle round, you can pick one of the one of the two things that they have, which is Protector. So ranged weapons uh, equipped by models in the unit have the heavy ability, and each time a ranged attack targets targets the unit, if it's within your deployment zone, you worsen the AP by one, makes you more. Um, makes you more more resilient essentially and conquer yep. imperative uh, range weapons become assault and each time a, a model in the unit makes a range attack if the target of the attack is within your opponent's deployment zone improve the ap by one so it's real simple yeah. it's heavy minus minus ap on incoming attacks uh, or assault increase ap on outgoing attacks yeah so two things about this one all those complicated rules get simplified down to very simple imperatives yep. um and two, Admecha is another one of those armies that's gone down to ballistic skill 4+. plus. But guess what? If you stand still in your deployment zone and you've got the protector up, then you get that plus one to hit because everything is heavy. So yeah. it's okay. <laughs> um, and then to quickly touch on the, the detachment rule, Rad Cohort, this is really good. Uh, in Battle mm, Round 1, you can so. just do a Rad Bombardment. So for every unit of your enemy, every enemy unit that's in your opponent's deployment zone, they've got to decide whether it will take cover or stand firm. If it takes cover, it gets battle shocked. Again, huge. If it stands firm, yeah. they have to roll a D6 and on a 3+, plus, uh, they suffers D3 mortal wounds. So it takes yeah. wounds or be battle everything taking, Everything potentially taking mortal wounds is big. People have looked at this going, wow, that's massive. But you have to remember, if you're battle shocked round one, yes, that's pretty bad because you can't use any stratagems and, and etc. But not a lot's going to be in combat. And also you don't score your objectives in that first battle round. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's not as bad the as effect of battle shock is reduced a bit in, in turn one. Yeah. Um, and then battle round two onwards, there's a fallout mechanic, uh, which essentially is at the end, at the start of each of the subsequent rounds, you roll a D6 for each enemy unit within your opponent's deployment zone on a three plus, they just suffer one more wound. So it's yeah, the, the fallout from fine. the radiation. Um, Skitaria, Skitari, I won't touch on them. Uh, Belisarius calls good. He's He's got tankier. He's T8 now. Um, he's got 10 wounds. He gives you some nice auras um and his his weapons are quite good i think um and he he lets you use uh use sort of various abilities uh on the stratagem front they have the aggressor imperative and the bulwark imperative so we've seen two um and the aggressor imperative is basically in charge phase you pick his katara unit it can advance and charge right very powerful but you can only use it if the conqueror imperative is active so you have to be in the which makes imperative. sense yeah yeah and then it's, the bulwark yeah it's very much like gone. you're in it feels like lather maker you know you're got different modes so like you're in your defensive mode your protection mode you're defending your own deployment zone you're shooting and then you get to move out on detectives and hit them hard uh, in the conqueror imperative and get your advanced charge and strike hard when you need to yeah exactly and the the, the bulwark imperative is very similar it's basically in your opponent's shooting phase you pick a skitari unit and it gets a four up in run save very powerful yeah. but you can only use it if you have the protector imperative act active so it's, yeah. again it's about making you tougher and I, I think this like these are great stratagems and if every army has six stratagems of this quality we'll be very happy oh happy days happy days so and every stratagem we've seen so far has been really impactful yeah, it's worth saying as well, Skitari, Ballistic Skill 4+, plus across the board now. I believe they're 3+, plus at the moment. So, again, yeah. another example but of where that... if you stand still, if you're in your protector... Heavy, plus one to hit. Heavy, yeah. plus one to hit, you're still hitting on threes. But it caps right. at that. Or you can... Yeah. We got, we got we got four more to do, Rich. We've got four more to do. We'll we'll smash through these super quick. So, yep, yep. Eldari, or the Children of Azurian. 
um, <laughs> is uh, is what they're called. I'm not derisive about them at all. Uh, they basically get strands <laughs> of fate dice, so they get very similar yep. to miracle dice. But it's you start the game and you roll twelve d six, and then they have quite a cool rule, which is like you can re-roll them, but you have to re-roll all of them, but you take one dice away. So you yep. go, oh, so- I've rolled them. I now want to re-roll all of them. I, sorry, I now want to re-roll them. I have to re-roll all of them. Oh, I only got I ones one and away. twos. I, I need yeah. to. I want some more fives and sixes. And you, you can, can re-roll you can keep them, keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. You keep doing this. But you have to take away <laughs> the dice one dice. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, I'm now down to three dice, and I'm still rolling ones and twos. Um, and basically, they are your fate dice pool for the rest yeah. of the game. And then anytime you have a model that has the strands of fate ability, you can substitute one of the dice for the you know on the value of the dice yeah, for very similar an advanced to roll, dice. battleshock test, charge roll, damage roll, hit roll, saving throw. No. Very similar to Miracle Dice. There are a couple of key differences here because sisters might go, oh, wow, they're just stealing our Miracle Dice mechanic. There are a couple of key differences. First of all, this is just a much better version of their current sort of strands of fate, whatever it is with the rolling sixes, but then you have to try to remember which number corresponds to which type of roll and all that yeah. stuff. This is just much simpler. A um, couple of key differences. It seems that sisters will be generating more, but they start with less. So as they die, they get more powerful, while Eldar is much more fragile and starts with more, and they lose them as they go along because they don't have as many generate ways to generate them. There are still a couple which we'll come to. Um, yeah. But also the key difference here is you're not limited to how many you can use. So mm. if you've put the avatar of a cane on an objective and he really needs to survive, <laughs> as far as we can see, if you've got six full pluses, you can use them one after the other for yeah. your invulnerable saves. saves. Yeah, exactly. But then you, that's, as the enemy oh, player, that yeah. baits them out and that's it, you're done. Like, exactly. The like those, <laughs> then that might be your only four pluses and then yeah. you've only got six dice left and suddenly you've got to survive the rest of the battle with that. Exactly, exactly. So there's definitely play in it on both sides of the coin for you. And oh, yeah. I think both of the Miracle Dice and with um, Strands of Fate, this is where you'll really see play skill come to the fore of how you use these Strands of Fate or the Miracle Dice. Um, we've obviously seen that already with Sisters this edition, but yeah, it's a very powerful mechanic, but you can easily misplay it and misuse yeah. it. And it's worth saying their detachment rule for the Eldari battle host is uh, re-roll a hit roll and re-roll one wound roll when shooting or fighting. So slightly weird in the sense of we're cutting down on wound rolls, uh, we're cutting down on re-rolls, but um, there are still a decent number of re-rolls in the game. So that's where they've ended up. It's it's a little bit less, but moving it's on... It's a little to, bit less, but it is what it is. Yeah. Moving on to the Farseer, though, uh, you get a very cool mechanic of... Basically, when a unit uses one of these trans fate dice, you get to change the result of a six, which is a fantastic um, buff for this character to give out. Do note that it's you only get to use this mechanic once per um, once per turn. So if you have three farseers, you can still only do it with one of them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, in terms of the strats, they do show some other well, stuff, but in terms of the strats... Yeah, well, the, the last thing is just that if Guardian uh, defenders are on objectives, they generate your strands of fate dice. Fantastic way of tying your troops into them. But they're also pretty fragile, so putting them out onto objective might be a bit risky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then on, on stratagem, 2 CP, they kept fire and fade. 
any Eldari yep. unit, make a normal move, cannot embark within a transport, cannot be selective if it's an aircraft, uh, or a unit with the engagement range, so you can't fire and fade out of uh, yep. out of engagement range. It's also not still, still extremely powerful, um, yeah, but very, also very one of the key stratagems that they've kept, kept for many editions. Cool. And then on to Smelly Boys, the Rotted Brotherhood. E, the which we both love. Yeah, yeah, love love my Death Guard. Um, and again, sad to be packing them away at the moment <laughs> for, the, for the move. Um, so their army rule is uh, the effectively similar to now with the Contagion Range Nurgle's Gift, except it's slightly better because it's basically first battle round, it's three inches off a model. Second battle round, it's six inches. Third onwards, it's nine. So it's like yeah. growing. So it used to start at one and then go to three. Edge now just starts at three and grows. Yeah, which which is nice. Um, and then their detachment rule for the Plague Company, which is their detachment, is basically spread the sickness, which means if you control an objective marker at the end of your command phase and a Death Guard unit from your army is within range of the objective marker, it is said to be infected and it remains under your control even if there are no models in range of it um, until your opponent controls it at the start or end of any turn. Um, and in addition, while it's under your control and infected, it has the Nurgle's Gift ability as if it were a unit from your army. So again, yeah. it gives you that uh contagion range um which should say yeah, of course it's which sorry, is fantastic range is minus one toughness as well which is which is which is really yeah good. so they've kept the minus one toughness bubble which is yeah. very very powerful i heard some people saying that oh it's maybe not as powerful because you know tanks getting tougher actually it's just as powerful if not more powerful because if you look at say blight haulers have missile launchers and melters as far as we know they're going to be a, roughly about strength nine and also most tanks are going to be strength nine or maybe ten or toughness nine or ten and lowering those down to eight and nine means suddenly your most common weapons are getting that basically like a plus one to wound because of the reduction in toughness so they're still going to be very good even against tanks yeah um we also saw they've put the toughness on blight lords up it's gone up to six which yep. is good they're a little bit slower four inch move but Still yeah. really good. Four up in one save, two up base save. They Your have weapons... lost oh, God, minus yeah. one damage, uh, as we yeah, were saying previously. Like but if their game is reduced lethality, that's fine. Also, there seems to be a lot of buffs in this preview to the damage that it can do. So less durability, but more damage. More damage. I'll take that. Yeah, lots of lots of lethal hits. And it's worth talking about. I was going to say it's worth talking about the plague burst mortar quickly as well. Well, um, the the only other thing I was going to say is that movement four. A bit slow, but you know, maybe I'll just have to buy a land raider. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so the plague burst mortar is still, you know, it's like an anti infantry weapon, strength eight, AP one, damage two. But it's got this cool ability now, spore lace shockwaves, which is basically after the model is shot, if you hit an infantry unit, the infantry unit takes a battle shock test, which is very nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so their, their strategy for the Death Guard is the Sanguis Flux. It's one CP, use it in the fight phase, uh, use it on a Death Guard army, a Death Guard unit that's not been selected to fight. And until the end of the phase, the uh, weapons on Death Guard unit carry, get, get exploding sixes, sustained hits one. And if it's in range of an infected objective marker, you control it, sustained hits two. So exploding sixes, exploding to two, yeah. it's really good. And that, there's that sort of extra damage that I was talking about, like sort of balances out their reduction in toughness, but also toughness six terminators are going to be very good. And the, um, the psyker also had an ability to give out a minus one to wound. So if you're <laughs> like, if you're got space Marines charging in with strength four or five, that's wounding your terminators on sixes. It's, it's pretty tasty. Yeah. It's, it's really, really nice. So then moving on to the next one, we have, the Imperial Knights, or as they are referred to here, inadamant clad. 
um, which I think gives a good sense of their sort of honor and you know knightly knightiness kind of thing. That was a yeah, terrible it's... description. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's been interesting to see in the last, especially in the last codex, them leaning much more into that sort of code of honor and such, which we haven't seen in like the first um, couple of editions of, of knights. But it's yeah, yeah, and we'll see in today's preview they lean into that quite heavily, so it's quite nice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, they've definitely really gone for it, and I do. To be fair, I do like that. I do enjoy I mean, that about them. They, they, they are called Imperial, Imperial Knights. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, we kind of like dissociate from the name a little bit, but they are knights, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think this preview was actually one that a lot of people were waiting for. Like, I, I don't know how I have Chaos Knights rather than Knights, but certainly I was really looking forward to this because um, Knights can be a very difficult army to balance they can be quite yes. because of their nature right it's an entire army of big machines yeah, so well in some it, cases it, it's yeah. a skew army it's it's all tanks so you're skewing into one particular profile and you yep. need that profile to be broadly balanced within the game and you need the i mean it's always hard to balance a skew army because it can be a little bit sort of rock paper scissors it will beat some things and lose to others so how do you make that faction a little bit more balanced overall that most people can mm. sort of still compete against it and you know aren't you know feeling like they have no chance at all but also giving that uh, army then the ability to, to play the game definitely and and i think again like one of the interesting things we'll get to in a second is because we you know vehicle toughness in particular is going up in mm. 10th edition so again one of the reasons i wanted to see this because it's like hmm i wonder what knights are going to look like because if again if they're all super tough and you haven't got the kit to deal with them how do you do it but anyway let's go into it so uh, do you want to do the army rule Oh, I, th I think you can do it. Okay, all right. Okay, so it's it's the the code chivalric, um, which essentially means that at the end at the end of the ready mission objectives step, i.e., when you've got your your mission sorted out in the game, um, you can pick an oath, or you have to pick an oath, I should say, for your army. And uh, there are two oaths, and each of them has an oath ability and a deed, so they're like a two part rule effectively and um you get the ability which is the oath you get the deed which is the thing you have to do and if at the start of any of your command phases you fight phases you complete the deed your army becomes honored for the rest of the game we'll get to see what that is in a second and you automatically gain three cp so it's pretty cool it's like if you do yeah, the thing I mean, you set out three... to do you get some cp <laughs> three cp is a lot i mean we saw in the votan preview that they had to kill their you know target very very quickly in order to get that three cp but we'll yep. see that these deeds are a little bit harder to um these yeah, are a little bit yeah. harder to achieve. So it's three CP is is it's worth it. Yeah. So so the the first one of these is called Lay Low the Tyrant, and the oath ability on that one is each sub model is selected to shoot or fight. You can re-roll a hit roll of one and re-roll a wound roll of one. So re-roll a a hit roll and a wound roll Which, of one. Yeah, pretty good. It's just pretty a fantastic good. ability, regardless of whether or not you achieve your your deed. It's it's yeah, just it's fantastic to have. To, to have that blanket across your army. And the deed to be completed, as you can guess by the name Lalo the Tyrant, is you have to destroy the enemy warlord, which might be quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is one that I've, a lot of night players will just pick as their default and just go, you know what? I've got rerolls of one to hit and wound. If I get I'll the enemy it. warlord, I'll get three CP. If I don't, that's fine. But the next yeah, one is also yeah. really interesting. Yeah, so the next one's called Reclaim the Realm, and this one, the oath ability is you add one inch to the model's move characteristic and one to advance and charge rolls. So again, pretty powerful if you've got a very fighty knight army. Mm. Um, and the deed, the flip side of this one is it's completed if you control one or more objective markers in your opponent's deployment zone. So really leaning into like 
getting into combat or getting forward yeah. up the board. I, I think this one is more um, either you build your army around it or it's a game-by-game game pick. Like, you wouldn't necessarily want this one against World Eaters, for example, no. but against <laughs> other armies, you might be like, yeah, no, I do want to charge into combat. Yeah, Because a, like a lot of the time, knights will like, sit back, shoot for a couple of turns, and then charge forward, so it can be great mm. in that late game. Or if you just want to have a more combat knight army, go for this. Yeah. And then we get to see how this interacts with uh, the, the what I mentioned earlier, the honoured side of things, because they also give us the detachment rule for the knights, which is called a noble lance, which is a great name. Um, yeah. And uh, basically everybody in the army, all Imperial Knights models, get a six up feel no pain. Um, yeah. And then once you are honoured or if you become honoured, that moves to a five up. That's really good. We all remember old yeah. Death Guard having a five up <laughs> feel no pain. It's really good. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a of, great, great rule. This kind of mirrors one of the the houses. I think it's House Tyrannus um, mm, used to have mm. that six up feel no pain, but going up to a five up, it's a lot. And I, I've heard uh, a lot of people going, "Wow, this is very, very strong." But then you have to think of all the other previews that we've seen with these volcano lances with flat twelve damage. That yeah. sort of take that are designed to take out tanks and be very effective against tanks so this gives them a little bit of defense against that all that sort of flat damage that seems to be coming in at the higher end of the, of the weapons yeah and it also it's one of those things where with knights they're there's just less of them. I mean, we don't we don't yeah. know points right at the moment, <laughs> but as a general rule, one of the balancing factors is you know you're taking an army that's effectively all tanks. Um, we're not going to let you have you know twenty of them on the board, right? You you can yeah, have yeah. a sort of selection depending on what you want. So so every loss for a knight player or a chaos knights player, every loss is felt more keenly. I think than yeah. If you've only got like five models on the table, taking one of them off is a big deal. Yeah. Oh no! Um, so yeah, no, it's it's a good rule. I think having six up feel no pain is a good is a good ability generally. And yeah. if you can get it for five off, you can do those deeds. Well, if you can well that's the honors. other thing. Like the deeds are actually you know not that easy to achieve depending right. on who you're against. Like killing the warlord. I mean, warlords. It sounds like leaders are characters are getting attached to units by the leader rule. Once you kill that unit, I think they'll just be out in the open. You can shoot them, so it's potentially a little bit easier to get the warlord, but it's still not easy. Um, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And then also controlling one or more objectives in your opponent's deployment zone isn't always the easiest thing to do, depending on who you're facing. Well, well, also your opponent will, you know, your your opponent knows how your army works, right? Because that's that's the other thing about tech yeah. rules generally, right? Because they are a little bit more simplified. You you can go like if you if you know you're playing knights, you can be like, okay, well, what oath are you taking? And you yeah, it's like, okay, cool. Are free, you taking right? number one or taking up. number two? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, okay. okay, what are you doing in your complicated admec? Yeah, exactly, phase? Exactly. Like, how many steps is this going to take? I'll yeah, go get a beer things. and be back in 15 minutes uh, <laughs> when you've done your command phase. Um, so yeah, no, that that was cool. Um, they've shown off the the, the Armiga Warglaves, and as expected, it's worth just focusing on on the actual models because their toughness has gone up. They've gone up to toughness 10, um, which is cool. And again, as a Chaos Knights player, yeah. I'm really excited for having War Dogs at toughness 10. Um, it seems like 9 and 10 really is nice. like the standard for like an average tank. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a kind of box on wheels or in this case, box on legs equivalent. Uh, and also um, objective control of eight, which is quite nice mm. as well. And, and I think this I mean, is knights is where objective control really shines because before you had to have these weird special rules to give them being like, oh, you count as five models, oh, you count as yeah. ten, uh, and they just went, nope, that's a, a game wide rule that we're implementing, which is just really nice and elegant. 
Yeah, no, definitely. It's 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 a it's a bit just I think is gonna lead to a much simpler system being able to go how many like add up all yours, I'll add I'll add up all yeah, mine. It, if it's it not will be a little bit of, of math. But I think people will get used to it pretty quickly once they know their OC values of their different units, they'll be like, Oh yeah, cool, there's five guys there, they're each worth two, that's ten, that equals the you know, that beats out your your war glaive or you know, equals your your larger knight or whatever. Yeah, no, definitely. They and and we see the same thing with uh, with the the Canis Rex model, which they showed off as well. So again, mm. that's that's a that's a T twelve. So again, slightly tougher because he's you know he's a bigger. He's on the um, yeah what chassis is he on? I can't remember what that one's called in the Knights. Uh, Questorus, I think, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, Knight. Yeah, Knight Questorus. Yeah, again, because I'm only I'm only used to doing like it, Ravager well, it's it's a keyword in there as well. It says Questorus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read the data card, Adam. Uh, I'm yes, sure there it might is. be different stratagems for different tiers or abilities. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, you know what, Canis Rex has got a pretty cool ability. This legendary free blade, free blade thing, which is once per turn, you can target um, Canis with a, a stratagem, and it's free, it's zero CP, even if you've already used it that turn. So you can effectively, yeah. you know, double up on strats for him. Which is well, well cool. we've you've seen what's really been really nice is, and I mentioned this before, but like all the epic heroes have tend to have like stuff to do with cp it's like oh mm. swarmlord gets you back one cp gilman makes something free and this is kind of similar it's like yeah leaning a little bit more into canis rex being that sort of named epic hero because imperial knights don't really have any named characters and that's kind of a bit of a shame and canis rex was just like a, a slightly different version of a generic knight so i like that they're making you know canis rex mm. a little bit more unique and have this yeah. ability yeah, no, it is cool. It is cool, and like the idea of a named knight, I just think is really awesome. Like, I, yeah. I would really love it if I know Chaos Knights have like the abominant class, but they don't have a they don't have like a named one. It'd be cool if there was yeah, like yeah. a Canis Rex equivalent. Like, it's almost like a a black knight, like a demon knight, you know? Mm, that'd be um, cool. from what's the Game of Thrones one? The mountain and the I mean, I think the black knight. I'm always thinking of Monty Monty Python though, when he's like just the mountain and the hound. The mountain, the hound, yeah, that kind of thing, like you yeah. know, two two dueling brothers. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, mo mo moving on, the the it is worth just quickly pointing out that the thunder coil harpoon on on the big knight is an absolute beast. <laughs> it's strength twenty four, AP six, damage twelve, right? Eighteen inch range, yeah. so you know, knight valiant. It's got to walk forward to do it, very thematic. But it's anti monster four plus, anti vehicle four plus, and devastating wounds. So it's yeah. wounding, you know, all the big stuff on four plus as it should. It's a giant harpoon. I, I think most like of the big stuff on a three plus, given that it's strength twenty four. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But if you're if you're up against <laughs> the plus, real three plus for most things, yeah. Ugh. So watch out, watch out for that. Well, one. yeah, actually, um... here's this is a really good interaction with the um, Coach of Auric is Layla of the Tyrant. You get rerolls to hit of one, rerolls of wounds to one, and then you have got this harpoon, which a lot of the times is like missed in the past, or it's like it's really good if it hits, but it's hard to hit. Yeah, here yeah. you'll be hitting on twos, reeling ones. Wounding on twos, reeling ones, unless you're shooting at something very, very tough. And then you're ignoring most AP and you're doing flat damage 12 and you've got devastating wounds yeah. to turn it into mortals on a six. <laughs> this is suddenly a little bit more liable than it was before. And that flat 12 damage is just going to delete tanks. Yeah, I mean, the line they have in the Warcom preview is, right, look upon my harpoon, ye vehicles, and despair. I mean, it <laughs> look, is, it's it always been one of the coolest weapons. Oh, yeah, it's a cool weapon. I've, 
as as someone who plays Mortarian, I've seen Mortarian die to a harpoon a couple of times. Not always my own Mortarian. Uh, once I once saw <laughs> at a tournament, there was a guy who charges Mortarian into a knight, which is great. Mortarian usually kills knights, but the guy overwatched with his harpoon, rolled that six, got a wound. Yvonne wasn't saved. With a reroll, still wasn't saved. Went through and it killed Mortarian. Oh, on God. Overwatch. It I, was I, fantastic. My, my thing I really hope they do, and, and we won't see it in this preview, but I really hope they do it, is the, there There was this strat that existed, and it, there is a version of it in the Chaos Knights book, and I assume there's a version in the Knights book as well, where basically if you use the... Um, uh, the the claw. I don't know what it's called. Like the hand. You know the you know the knights that have Thunderstrike like Gauntlet. I think. Yeah, Thunderstrike Gauntlet in the Knights Codex. I don't know what it's called. I I don't. I think it's called similar in the Chaos one. But yeah. if you use that on like a vehicle, you could then throw the vehicle at someone. Yeah, that's been a strat for a that's while. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I really hope that's maintained. But we'll see. Um, to talk about their stratagem that they showed off. Um, their one is shoulder the burden. Um, which is two CP. And in this one, you use it in your own command phase as the knight player. And it's you target an Imperial Knight model that's lost one or more wounds. So even if someone's been chipped, you can use it on them. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, until the start of your next command phase, you improve mo- movement, toughness, save characteristics, leadership, objective control by one. And each time your model makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. Um, so you can only use it powerful. once. It is very powerful. Now, you can only use it once per battle unless you are honoured. So, again, if you've achieved your yep. deed, you've become honoured, then you can use it twice. So you can have two very, very strong knights that are quick yeah. and uh, are, now, are re-rolling or adding one it, to hit it is, it is 2 CP and 2 CP on a large knight. And that feels about right because it's a very powerful effect, but so are all of the other 2 CP <laughs> strategies we've yeah. seen. You wouldn't have that much CP to begin with anyway. But I mean, using this on something like Canis Rex to make that stratagem free, and he just goes for it, it's pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, it's 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 pretty damn good. Um, they also they actually showed off two stratagems this one, which I hadn't realised until I scrolled down the page. Um, but they showed off trophy claim as well, which I is really like which this one. This one's cool. Yeah, and this is you use it in your shooting phase or your fight phase again as the knight player. Um, you pick uh, an imperial knight from from your army that hasn't you know shot or fight shot or fought, and um, an enemy monster or vehicle keyword unit. And until the end of the phase, each time your model uh, makes an attack that targets the enemy unit you've picked, add one to the wound roll. If your model destroys the enemy unit this phase, you gain a CP. But if your model does not destroy the enemy unit this phase, you cannot use this stratagem again for the rest of the battle, which I quite like because it's like yeah. pick it carefully. Right, know when you're going to use so. this because I mean this is an incredibly powerful stratagem because it's just like cool. I'm going to pick that. I'm going to shoot that kind of effects. I'm going to come back with its head, uh, and the, if you get it, the stratagem is effectively free. And plus one to wound is really good, even just one CP. I mean, in ninth edition, a lot of the times just plus one to wound is two CP, so it's a strong ability. But most stratagems are strong these days, so it's good to see. But then I love that sort of theme around. If you don't achieve like your deed, it's, it's almost like a mini deed. If you don't achieve this sort of mini deed of killing that monster or vehicle that you picked, mm. that's it. You can't claim any more trophies. Yeah, yeah and you you it, it, it force if you think about it right, it's aimed because as you say, like night weapons are so strong. I mean, obviously the Thundercore Harpoon is like the apex of that, right? At least of what yeah. we've seen. But night weapons generally are probably going to be quite high strength. You know, they they're big 
tank weapons effectively they're going to hit yeah. you pretty hard so in theory the idea behind this like are you going to need plus one to wound most of the time maybe not but the times where you're going to use it is going to be on other big stuff so it does it yeah. again to it's me like, it oh, le- it you know what? i want my thunder coil harpoon to wound that monolith on twos rather than threes <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah it, it leans <laughs> but it, but that's the point right it leans into that nightly you know i challenge you sir to like the other you know the other big thing on the table yeah, and at yeah, that yeah. point it's like will like you're using it because there is a reasonable chance you might not kill it yeah so you know the, the, it, i think it, it has it's one of those strategies on the face of it you're like wow that's really good you you use that all the time and it's like yeah but you probably don't want to use it just on some random schmuck because you're not gonna need plus i mean not that a carnifex is a schmuck right but up against a big knight yeah, the big yeah. knight presumably wouldn't need plus one to wound so yeah i don't know we'll, we'll see but i think that's an interesting uh interesting strat they've got there um so should we move on oh this is the last one. Oh, how yeah, sad well, for now well, last, last one that's one been now. released for now i think we're probably around yeah. about halfway through the previews given the amount of um See, codexes that yeah. we have so there's still i mean we could do this all over again for the second half of the we'll, previews we'll, we'll do a part two we'll, we'll do a part two and it'll be like another two and a half three hours long um <laughs> so mo- moving on to um the final one for the moment which is the very plucky tau empire for the greater good um as they are described there um and i think again tau were like another interesting one because obviously again they're an army that it just shoots really doesn't you know it yeah has, you it's, know, it's can fight, always but, you know, been hard to balance yeah and tau during ninth edition were a little bit bonkers uh some might i think would argue they had yeah. some very powerful Probably stuff came um, came out swinging a little bit too strong yep 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 i think that i think well i think they said didn't they were the 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 you know the votan the tyranids the tau i don't and think I tau i think it was eldar was it eldar, I think eldar yeah. and it, that was when they were apologizing for Photan, and I think they said they were tested <laughs> against uh, Tyranids and Elder. Um, but Tau came up a little bit before that and were. I, I don't think they completely smashed the meta open, um, but they were very no. good. They had, yeah, they had a lot of very good options for sure. Yeah, I probably remember, just like I, I remember... a, a bit too cheap. Well, we did. I think we did. We did ITT at the heart of at the height of like Tau power, if I remember rightly. And like I remember the the matches. I because I was running Crush Stampede at the time, which obviously in itself was pretty damn nasty. Um, yeah. But it kind of needed to be against like because we had a Tau player, right? <laughs> we had a Tau player. We had a Crush Stampede player. Me. We had a Custodes player. So we had like you know the the lineup of the sort of five you know nasty army yeah, yeah. gray knights as well um and and then we had josh running demons who just went around bullying custodies all weekend which was very <laughs> funny um but anyhow um so their rule for the for the tower empire is called for the greater good and this one is a little bit wordy yeah i, I wouldn't to... recommend reading out the second paragraph because it's you have to read through it a couple of times to understand yeah. it <laughs> so, so I'll just read, I'll read the first paragraph and then I'll kind of skip to the, the, the bullets at the bottom. So the first paragraph yeah, is, yeah. if your army faction is Tau Empire, then in your shooting phase, units from your army can work in pairs to help each other target specific enemy units. When they do this, one unit is the observer unit and the other unit is the guided unit. The enemy they are targeting is called their spotted unit. So let's think about that like a triangle. We've got one corner is the observer one corner is the guided and the enemy, which is the top of the triangle, let's say, is the spotted unit. So there's always three parts to this, right? Three units that are part of this. And then it says, again, I'll skip all the, the, yeah. the bump ba- in the middle. Basically, says, the t- second paragraph is a, is just around about <laughs> selecting those units. And it sums up to you can't be an observer twice. Yeah, you can't be an observer twice. Yeah, basically. Um, or probably the end of the phase, twice either. Indeed. Until the end of the phase... 
each time a model in the guided unit makes an attack that targets the spotted unit, improve the ballistic skill characteristic of their attack by one, and if their observer unit has the marker-like keyword, the attack has the ignores cover ability. So in other words, again, think about your triangle. Your guided unit targets the enemy unit that you've designated as the spotted, right? And if it does that at the same time as the observer unit has a marker-like keyword, you not only get plus one to your ballistic skill, you also ignore cover. Actually actually quite straightforward once you think about yeah. it. But the other it part also that... means you don't oh, have to take marker lights because a lot of times in the past, how players have complained about marker lights are basically this points tax on their army of like, oh, if I want my army to actually function on an efficient level, I have to take all these marker lights and show two, three hundred points of marker lights when everyone else just gets their abilities for free. So now they don't need to take marker lights, but there is a bonus if they do. Yes. Yes. The flip side of this, which is the second bullet, is each time a model in the guided unit makes an attack that does not target their spotted unit, worsen the ballistic skill characteristic of the attack by one. So you're yeah. effectively making yourself worse at shooting. Now, I think that's that's quite interesting. I've seen some moaning about that. But I think the idea behind that is it's to, to, to encourage you not to have... Well, it, it, to my mind, right, it discourages you from having multiple... Because I think something can be a spotted unit multiple times in theory, right? If there's only one enemy unit you can look at, you you could yeah. you could have sort of you know let's say you've got four tower units, right, and one enemy unit on display. You can have let's call them A, B, C, and D. You could have A and B be spotted and observer. C and D, sorry, be guided and observer. C and D be guided and observer. And E, which is enemy unit, is uh, is uh, uh, spotted for both of those. So unit yeah. A shoots, it kills them. Right, they're dead because it gets all the bonuses from from having targeted its spotted unit. It's guided. It's it's done the targeting. Unit um, C, which is the other guided unit, now can't shoot them, so it has to try and let's say shoot something else. I don't know. Out, let's say uh, I don't know. It's got smart missiles, so it can shoot behind cover, so it can pick well, another enemy unit. It's going to be hitting on a worse. You select unit. when you select the. Um... Uh, the guide and the observer is when you selected to shoot. So in this case, unit C and D wouldn't have to shoot at that dead unit. They can pick something else. Yeah, that, yeah. But to my mind, still, if them because it's guided, if you've selected that at that point, you it would then lose a ballistic skill, right? Well, See what I mean, you if you've yeah, you designate each it, time, like, it's it's each time you select this unit to shoot. That's when the guided the guiding happens. So if it's already dead, but from unit A and B. Unit C and D haven't selected which one they're going to guide yet, so they're fine to guide something else and spot yes, some no, a separate unit. Do you know what? Yeah, what, no, what that's I right. think. I'm overthinking it. Yeah, what what I think it's doing is actually doing a really interesting um, thing with unit size because a lot of time you go, "Cool, I'm going to take you know this massive unit of Tau Crisis suits." Going to plonk them down. They get puzzled hit against that thing, and they get to split fire and shoot everywhere else on the board. And now there's a little bit of a detriment to that. So maybe you don't want to take that big unit of nine crisis suits. Maybe like a little strike team of like three to six or like three to five is actually perfect for dropping down, killing that tank that you've uh, spotted. And then you've got another unit of three to five that drops down and kills a different tank rather than one big massive unit that splits fire and kills, you know, most yeah. of the opponent's army. And I think that's, it's, that's, it's playing, playing with that. And the fact that, you know, 50% of your units roughly uh, are guiding the other units 
people will go, oh, well, I'll just like min-max and then these, like, these tiny units guide these really big units, but then the tiny units could die and then mm. you've got other big units and you could guide other big units and then it becomes this really sort of weird mix of like, I think there'll be a lot of playing around with tower players at the beginning of the edition of trying to find the right unit sizes and how many units. Uh, and I think this sort of splitting fire worsens your ballistic skill is a thematic um, because it means you're not following the instructions of the people that are trying to help you. Uh, and also it kind of plays around with sort of needing different unit sizes, which I think is a, an interesting mechanic. Yeah, no, uh, I I mean, I also, I like the lore behind it. I like the idea of the units, yeah, yeah. it's very tau. They work together. They spot. They observe. Rather than messing about with whole like our marker lights things you have to roll to hit or like something, an action you have to do. It's just a nice yeah. kind and of... Also, neat, neat you don't need any marker light tokens. No, you don't need any <laughs> marker light tokens. Absolutely. Um, so to move on, their, their detachment rule they've showed off is a name that may be familiar to anyone who plays tau or has played tau in the past, which is Kaoyon. Um, so the Kaoyon allows you from the third battle round onwards, uh, all ranged weapons from the Tau Empire models from your army have sustained hits one, exploding sixes. Um, and while a unit is guided under the rule we just discussed, rep- weapons in that unit have the sustained hits two ability instead. So again, a little bit simpler in terms of how Kaoyon used to work because it's just a one-shuring Kaoyon you get a benefit if you do the guided thing you get a bonus on that and that's the same for battle rounds three four and five it's yeah so like i think the, the like current kalyon it was yeah it was like exploding hits six plus five plus four plus yeah now you just get sustained hits one and sustained hits two yeah which is nice. yeah exactly exactly still a good exactly. still a good bonus um Interesting one that they've gone with Kaoyon first, because obviously I know a lot of uh, a lot of Farsight players will be, well, where's my Mont car? Which was the other... Well, it's almost yeah. like maybe when your Codex comes out, you'll get a new detachment. Yeah, I mean, they literally say this, the first Tau Empire detachment, right, is what they yeah. say on the text in, in Warcom. So one assumes that that's how it's going to work, but nonetheless, <laughs> I have seen people go, where's my Mont car? And it's like, well, maybe... You know, you know Farsight players, you may get an attachment that's all crisis battle suits, and then you can Ooh. just go ham with them. Oh, that'd be spicy. Um, <laughs> so so then they, they showed off the Pathfinder team, um, which have that marker-like keyword. So if you're using them as your um, observer unit to help out with that, that um, greater good rule that we described earlier that's quite cool now they're an interesting one is they can be an observer a second time because they have a rule on their data sheet called target uploaded which is effectively once per turn um you can select the unit to be an observer unit for a second time so again which is nice one yeah exactly and you can change the spotted unit selection so again makes pathfinders kind of cool in their role in the fluff in that you know they'll sit in the middle and they will spot multiple targets for multiple tau units right that i mean it's up to two but that's that's how it works which is also like another thing that we forgot to mention before as well the units that doing the spotting still gets to shoot normally and can shoot whatever they want they don't have to even shoot the unit that they spotted they can shoot something else they can do whatever the hell they want they just can't be an observer twice unless they're pathfinders or anything else that has this rule the the other nice change which is why we're talking about this data sheet which is really good well there's there's two things i think to highlight um one is the fact that drones tau drones famous infamous no matter how we what you want to look at them they are now war gear so they are now effectively a token almost yeah i think you still put them on the table because they're cool oh but, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they are they are 
Yeah, exactly. But they are effectively a token that grants an ability to the unit. So the one that everybody, I think, um, this is scrolling down a little bit, but the one that everybody is, is always worried about is shield drones, as I think some of us remember the infamous days of, you know, 20 shield drones sat around a well, couple not, of rip Not even 20. Like, I remember waves of, like, 50 shield drones just sitting oh. in front of a Tau army. And then it's like, cool, I have to eat through all of this before I even do a single point of damage to anything. And they're also strung out onto all the objectives. So you've just basically got a tower army sitting in its deployment zone and then shield drones filling the rest of the field. And yeah. it just wasn't great to, to play against. Now they're just tokens, so they don't hold objectives. You can't string them out to objectives to do weird sort of movement things. Uh, you, mm. Yeah, they're just... You, if you want models to be in objectives, you have to put those models on objectives and drones yeah. just give you bonuses. So- yeah, exactly. And I, I did, it's funny. I did see a, I did see uh, Richard Siegler from Art of War, who obviously you know very did very well with Tau for a very long time, and was a a user of the you know trip tied and lots of drone type list for a while. Um, he he was quite funny because I watched a video with him talking about this, and he was like, I feel like jokingly, he was like, I feel personally targeted <laughs> on this. Something <laughs> my think shenanigans. Most, well, I think most people, um, like most Tau players, probably would, because at the end of the day. Whatever system you write, gamers are go- going to always try to game the system. That's just how it is. So you have to write your system well enough that that you're incentivizing the right behavior. Uh, and the old codexes were incentivizing you to do funny things with drones. Drone walls, yeah. So it was like no like um, no heat on any tail players that did that because that's what your codex was designed around. So yeah, yeah it's what fair you're play on you. To do. Absolutely, absolutely. But now um, they've um, taken a look at them and gone, hang on. Maybe that's not we what we wanted this. from this codex. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll make a couple of changes. And, and we should say as well, just in terms of some of the key ones, what the drones do, um, as I say, as I was sort of saying before we launched off into Richard Siegler, um, the shield drone, guess what it does now? It just adds one to the bearer's wounds characteristic. No more yeah. four up in Vern Which and that sort of thing. It's actually pretty interesting, uh, and I'm sure Tau players will experiment with this, but like, if you have like a unit of, say, like six... Uh, crisis suit and you give them three shield drones suddenly three of them have increased wounds and three of them don't so if you're hit with multi-damage weapons you can choose like if the, if i don't know how many wounds i have let's say they have three and this gives them four i don't know but if they're then hit with a, a three damage weapon you can put it on that four damage model and it takes two shots rather than one to kill it well can so so what i'll be interested to see on this is do you reckon you can take multiple drones because the way I the way I read it, right? So 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 for example, just say another drone ability as well that that's quite important here. Before we move back up, the marker drone um, basically gives the marker marker like keyword, and it means you can advance and be an observer for another unit. So again, it doesn't actually do a marker like action; just gives you that ability. But what the reason I say about adding multiple to your point about can you add three shield drones and then you get plus three, obviously spread across the unit, right? Um, if you read the Pathfinder data sheet, to me, it's just like one drone because it's you know pulse accelerator drone yeah i think it'll be on a like a a yeah case by case basis and we we don't know this is on the back of the data sheets which we haven't seen yet but the shield drone in particular says add one to the bearer's wounds characteristic Mm. so that's the bearer so when it's just that specific model which is why i think that you could probably take multiple of these but you're right there are other ones like the marker drone that says the bearer's unit has a marker like keyword so yeah. it's not linked to one specific model. It's just the unit has a marker drone. 
But shield drones As potentially in, a, bit, a little bit more personal. Or, or, or mm, speculation time. Mm, will will we be in a situation where shield drones can only apply to single model units that are very high value, like Riptides, like Commanders? That would be interesting. I mean, that would. I mean, be I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that would change. be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll obviously this is all speculation. I, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, there'll be some drones that make sense to take multiples of. There'll be some drones that you just don't. Exactly. Um, and then just to say the other thing that, that Tau have seen that we've talked about with Votan, we talked about with Necron, talked about a couple other armies as well, is in general, the ballistic skill is obviously, which Tau always sort of were, is four plus, but then on the heavy weapons, it's like the ion rifle, it's gone to five plus as well. So yeah. there is there is that that sort of slight alignment with the rest but of the army. I didn't like, see. I see yeah. I'll go on. L- like with all the other sort of BS four plus armies we've seen, there are ways to increase Ways that. of improving it. Yeah, well, the, you've got it. You've got it. And also the other thing is you've got it up above with the with with um great good and uh or sorry i should say as it's properly done to give my tribute to uh liam dempsey and loose on their stream which is the greater good um <laughs> hot fuzz fans will recognize that one. um very good and uh yeah yeah well <laughs> there was some chat about the greater good rule being a bit complicated and i just i just commented but no look simplifying them rules then uh but anyway um <laughs> uh, the um but yeah there's a way to improve it and because it improves the ballistic skill or worsens the ballistic skill it means that the the pluses and minuses to hit are going to be on top of that as well so if there's other and minuses, i think that's you... a key change given the new yeah. heavy keyword is a plus one to hit if you stay still you need to have that on top of your ballistic skill change so it's just making sure that those actually do stack absolutely um and you know of course they have previewed the railgun the hammerhead railgun the infamous hammerhead railgun and much yeah. like the thundercoil hard har- not not quite as say. as destructive no, as it is but it's currently. a very powerful weapon yeah but it's very powerful, and as a whole, the game seems to be getting a little bit less lethal, which is a good thing. So the railgun going a little bit down in damage is—you'll be fine. Yeah, they—they they did also show off the pulse blast cannon from the um, from the the storm surge. Um, I've been on the receiving end of one of those, and it's not pleasant, and it still looks very yeah. powerful. <laughs> um, um, and then in the stratagem section for the towel. Um, their one is combat embarkation for one CP, which has got a good little description, so I will read it. Those who act as the lure in the Kaoyon must be ready to make a hasty withdrawal once the enemy closes into killing range, lest they be trapped. Which is pretty cool, plays into that whole, you know, how the Kaoyon works and how... Uh, yeah, the, so uh, the Kaoyon, for, yeah, for those who don't know, is that patient hunter sort of style. Hunter, yeah. So this is luring the enemy into a trap, uh, and it's oh, you only get it in that Kalyan attachment, which I think is fantastic because this is how the cow, like this is the lure of the trap. Uh, mm. And what it does is infantry, when they get charged, can hop into a transport and well, they just hop into a transport, but next turn you can then run away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so and, and and if you think about it, right, because they can the models that get into the transport have to be within three inches of it. So yeah. you know, let's say an enemy set up for um, a nine-inch charge into your into your unit you're three inches away obviously it all depends on everything being pretty exact right you hop into your transport they've now got a 12 inch charge into that transport in theory or yeah. just just under a 12 but inch yeah but your, your unit will unit will survive because it's in the charge phase and there's yeah. only one more damaging phase after that so you might get you know if the transport gets killed you might sort of lose a couple on the pile out but it's yeah it's you sort of put the say your unit of fire warriors or whatever fire off a couple of shots after mm. they've disembarked and again you disembark after your transport has moved now so you can get them into the perfect sort of position and then sh- 
make some shots. The enemy comes towards you. Let's say there's some Tyrion Holman gaunts, and they go, ah, we're going to kill those fire warriors. And the fire warriors <laughs> goes, nope, we're going to hop into our transport, run away, and guess what? Now my entire army is looking at you, Holman gaunts. We're out. We're out of here. We're out of here. Everyone, yeah, get, but in, that, everyone get back in that's the car. Like, yeah, but that's like the perfect sort of tactic for this Kalyon patient hunter, where you're trying to lure the enemy in to into that sort of perfect killing position. So I, I think Absolutely. it's quite fluffy and also very powerful. Yeah, no, no, agreed, agreed. It is, it is pretty cool. And that but against like Photan, us... they might just shoot them, and then I mean the strip is not worth much. So Photan, like, there's balance to it. No, you're not. You're not running away. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say is, um, and that that brings us um, sand some very cool artwork that's on the walk on page of the uh, the far site crisis suit bomb dropping in. Um, there, there is some very that brings us to the end of uh, the faction focuses, the faction foci that we have had thus far. I'm very excited because the next one up after we've recorded this episode, which will be uh, on Monday, um, is the Chaos Knights. And as I said mm. earlier, I'm very excited for Chaos Knights, so I'm I'm interested to see what they do. Because um, I think, again, they can be quite a difficult one to balance. And also, they had some really cool rules in their 9th edition codex around playing with leadership and playing with yeah, Battleshock. Yeah, that's what, true, what, actually. What now be playing with Battleshock, so I really hope they have that. I really hope they preserve some of that in there to give you give you abilities. Um, and they were, I think they were one of the first armies that really, of ninth that really lent into that. Like yeah, in that and uh, De- Demons did it a fair bit as well because the reduction in leadership gave them sort of closer to yeah, the strike. Yeah, sure. Sorry, I, I just mean in terms of when the codex when the codex is. Yeah, yeah. Out, no, but like, we like, definitely saw that. Well. Like, yeah, in the latter part of the edition, they tried to make leadership a bit more of a thing. Obviously, yes. by the end, they realized there were a little bit too many armies that kind of ignored it. Um, so, I love the new Battleshock. Uh, at least in, in theory, we'll see how it plays on the table. But I think it will be a lot more impactful to the game, and they're at least and they're yeah. trying, and they seem to be dedicated to it actually making a difference and not many things will ignore it if anything no no definitely um so yeah that that brings us to the end i mean i think they all look quite good so far i'm pretty happy yeah with them. i think there's a I'm couple excited. in there that i'm maybe a little bit unsure of like oh this there's this maybe this is like a step too far but here's the thing there'll be balanced data slates things will get ironed out there'll be codexes there'll be new attachments i think one of the things uh with 10th edition is there will still be a similar amount of rules in the game. Like they'll be slimmed down because you only six stratagems each. But once all attachments come out um, in different codexes, we'll still get a, a fair amount of rules in the game. But they'll be easier to digest because they'll either be on your data card or they'll be swapped in one in one out for your detachments. So here is your six stratagems, and it doesn't stack with these other six stratagems in this other detachment. So I'm I'm really excited for. While there'll be a lot of rules eventually in the game, it'll be still fairly simple to play. And the because there's less rules that you select each game, they've made them quite powerful. So all the stratagems seem great, all the detachment abilities seems great, the army rules, all these things are like one-off instances, but they're all very impactful, which I'm excited about. Yeah, no, hundred hundred percent. I'm I, I must admit, looking through these, I'm excited for tenth. I think it's yeah. going to be a good game system. I want to play it now. I've, I've, I'm, I mean, not that I am going to get a chance to really play, but I'm, <laughs> I'm done with ninth, right? I think, and I think, I think a lot of people yeah. are feeling like that. Like, I, I, it's quite funny because it's a difficult one to, to, to think about because you do see, like, I've seen again on like you know Reddit, for example, you know, you get people perfectly innocently, and this is no shame on them at all, being like, oh, you know, what, what's the best detachment that I should run for this army? And like, 
to be fair, a lot of the people in the comments are like, yeah, well, it's this, but like, it, it's going to be around for a month. So, yeah, eh, I mean, you know. Yeah, definitely, like, no discouragement on people that want to play ninth. It's still a great system. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's, I think you get this at the end of every edition where the previews start coming out for the next edition and people get really excited about it and they just kind of put it on hiatus or maybe try a couple of different game systems. I mean, I've been trying out Lord of the Rings again and it's been fantastic. Yeah. Just be, just to, like, some for me, it's a case of just, like, clearing my mind of ninth, ingesting this 10th edition information and... Every edition, I basically forget the previous edition and just learn the new edition. So this yeah. is part of the, this is part of my process. Well, I, and I think I think it's we've said this you know elsewhere on the on the podcast before, but it's worth reiterating. Like this is a a, a more significant evolution. Simply, you know, even if you just focus on the fact we're getting indexes again, um, yeah. than from ninth to tenth, than eighth to ninth, because you know eighth yeah. to ninth, not, not quite as like significant a, as seventh to yeah. eighth, but definitely bigger than eighth to ninth. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it's that it's that more interesting kind of changeover, which again I think m- makes it a bit more incumbent to kind of reset, restart, yep. and kind of take it forward. Um, but yeah, well, look, all I'll say is I can't wait to do this again in a week or two's time, <laughs> Rich. When we go on, we can go on another excellent adventure, and I think that's what I'm going to call this episode. I think I'm going to call this Adam Rich's <laughs> excellent adventure. And then, because there is a sequel yep, to yep. that, so we can just name it after that. Uh, looking through the, um, looking through all the uh, the previews, because we have still got, as you say, I mean, what we've done 14 here. There are about I, I 28 think... armies. So yeah, so we're about halfway through. We're about halfway through. So if you fancy another circa three hour journey uh, through this, <laughs> listeners, uh, let us know. And do comment, comment on the Instagram. Let us know, you know, yeah. feel free to which, DM which, us. which has been your favorite preview so far? Like, let us know. Exactly, yeah. And is there anything as a, a player of X army? Is there anything you're really excited about or anything that you, you think, oh, I'm not sure about that? You know, I mean, Rich, you raised the point about chaos marines and having to sort of take some damage to get or potentially take damage to get your ability i think it's i was probably more concerned one. about four rerolls from abaddon but i mean we'll see uh, yeah, how it yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that that's your trade-off right there <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah no do, do let us know so i'm adr wargaming on instagram obviously guapkin gaming or one word on instagram to get hold of richard but otherwise uh, at the conclave 40k uh, you can contact us on there and drop us a message. We do like hearing from you. Apologies for the slight hiatus in episodes uh, as well. Um, as say, just just due to busyness and stuff, we will be doing more content, um, particularly as tenth starts to roll in. Um, mm, and definitely. once the, the got, got big plans for tenth. Oh yeah, big big plans for tenth. And like once the indices appear that we know we're going to be getting for all these armies, we. I mean, to be honest, we could probably do like a mini episode. We probably don't want to make it a full episode. We could probably do like a mini episode per sort of army, sort of looking through some of the key changes of the units. If people would be interested in that, let us know because I think that's something we potentially yeah, yeah. like to do. But because you know, Rich and I love talking about rules and nonsense, and, and and also it'd be interesting to see if any of the fluff has changed. I mean, I probably won't see that in the indexes, but um, as we as we head into tenth as well. So yeah, yeah, all that remains to say is thank you very much for listening. Thanks to my friend Rich. For if, if you are still here at the end of all of this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> if you, you are, yeah, if you are, if you are still here, thanks for choosing us among <laughs> all the other podcasts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal a line from the YouTuber Chad Chad, who I really like, is to say, if you're still listening at the end of this episode, thank you for choosing this podcast over all the other podcasts that are available to you. We it sounded like an airline now. We really appreciate your <laughs> business. Um, free peanuts on the way out. Uh, but no, thank you so much for listening. And uh, look, whatever you're doing, whatever you're building, if you're getting ready for tenth, if you're getting ready for a tournament, if you're just playing ludicrous nonsense because it's the end of an edition and therefore it's fine to do that and have fun and do what you want um all i'll say is happy hobbying have a good one and uh we'll see you in the next episode 
See you bye next bye. time. Bye-bye.